Patrick Flipping the Field, the college football podcast about all of college football. I'm your host, Patrick Mayhorn. I am joined by co-host Ryan Donnelly, um, French national, as I've been as I've been told. Mm. Um, Ryan. Bonjour. Yeah, bonjour. <laughs> How's it going, man? <laughs> it's good, man. It's good. I am fresh off a trip to Montreal. I was uh, spreading the Buckeye gospel yeah. um, in the streets of Montreal. Everyone was buzzing about Les Magnifique, Mario Lemieux, they're, they're talking about him in the streets still every day, mm-hmm. uh, 15 years after he retired. It's fascinating. Yeah. Um, they welcomed me as a liberator. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> no, it was a good time, dude. I went to this this 24-hour poutine restaurant oh, um, That's so called many, La Benquise. That's so yeah. many hours to have poutine a day. That's... <laughs> Man, they have like 30 different kinds of poutine on there. Yeah. Really cool spot. If, if any of our listeners ever head up to Montreal, uh, La Banquise, you might have to wait in line for a little bit to get a table. Mm. It's worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, crazy, crazy good. Uh, great trip. I, I, I We stayed in like, I don't know, kind of like the Brooklyn of Montreal. Yeah. Uh, it was like tattoo shops, vintage stores, bookstores on the, every corner. What was the what was the the convenience store called that you posted a picture of? Oh, uh, Couché Tard. Yeah. Uh, or... <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what that was. I don't even know it was a convenience store. I gotta pull that up. and see what that is. I I could um, I could very very it kind of just looked like a like a general like a corner store. It is a convenience maybe, store. You're right. Like, a, yeah. like they had like yeah. kind of a restaurant going on in there, sort of a. Yeah, that's that's you know what I can I can I can recognize that that's familiar to me a corner store that has a restaurant Damn. in it. Wait, I'm just learning this. They apparently own Circle K, oh. which is big throughout you yeah. know the Midwest. I know about Circle um, K. Yeah, yeah. Um, they also own Dairy Mart. Oh, um, well, pretty crazy, huh? When you, when this you, is a when you own Dairy Dairy Mart, you run the country. That's what I've always said. Yeah. If you, if you, people say yeah, that yeah yeah if you control <laughs> dairy mart you control the board um yeah they they own uh they own fourteen thousand locations across 24 countries and make 71.8 billion revenue annually um cool pretty good yeah that's a very that's that's good to know i'm glad that they're uh glad shout they're out doing to the well. yeah shout out to the coochie tar. <laughs> <laughs> big money um that's uh that's sick i'm glad to know that that uh that a, a company named that is doing all of that that's pretty funny um <laughs> the the circle k the hillbillies from circle k getting on a getting on a zoom call with the with corporate from Gucci tard um that's the funny thing is like everyone from montreal sounds very distinguished because they speak french yeah of course but uh like their accent is so fucked up it's like what it would sound like if i don't know dude like someone from like erie pennsylvania spoke french like uh (laughs) it's this it's (laughs) but uh but they sound a little more refined but they're it's just like like culturally it's like cleveland ohio yeah um this is such a good place this is such a good place for you as a guy from pennsylvania who speaks spanish right like that's that's really I, I, you fit right in with that with that i would love to see an actual like a like a real born in yeah. france french guy uh, react to their accents i'm sure that that's a fucking they they uh, don't even say we oui, they say way oh okay it's like they add like the Canadian A to the word we. <laughs> it's very funny. That's it, awesome. It's <laughs> it's a very goofy little uh, little little town, but amazing restaurants. I cannot recommend it highly enough. So yeah, shout out to Montreal. We love the Alouettes. Um, sure. I found a crazy. Uh, hope he's not listening to this, but I found a crazy uh, like. 1990 Steelers starter jacket for my little brother in oh, a vintage man. store there for Christmas. Hell yeah. Um, great vintage collection there. Love um, that. 
Yeah. That's... I almost got you an Alouette jersey, but mm. uh, maybe next time. Yeah. Maybe next time. Yeah. Um, mm. That's it. We, we do. We love a, we love a good vintage store. That's 90% of the storefronts in Pocatello there. It's mostly vintage stores here. It's, it's oh, yeah, majority thrift shops and vintage stores, which is sick. Uh, anyway, they had a lot of great college football ship. It was exclusively teams. I hated, which ah, is kind of funny. Of course. Like they had, they had a bunch of like Miami hurricanes and like Michigan and, yeah. Uh, like Wisconsin jackets yeah. around that all were really these, really cool gear. All these these Georgia Bulldogs, <laughs> <laughs> pretty good, pretty good, Pat. <laughs> oh, Bonsoir, Bucky Bajou. <laughs> I'm imagining like Emmanuel Macron like rooting for a college football team. Yeah. Um. <laughs> oh man, that would be fun. Yeah, love to love to the 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 public. Uh, contest to try and get him to pick their team would be pretty cool. I think. Yeah, be, he's yeah. saying Jesu Minutemen. Yeah, yeah, that's right. God, that would be that would be a really cool pair, a really cool ambassadorship there between him and Don Brown. I think Don Brown would really get a kick out of that. Who's the most French coach we have? I mean, I'm sure it's some like it's, Cajun it's, motherfucker. But, well, yeah. not French in in actual like background, but French in culture is Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley is the most mm. French culture <laughs> football coach. Um. Yeah, French and actual background, I don't know. Probably had order on somehow. Um, yeah. God, I would love to see him in France. Could you imagine? Oh, The horniest man alive, dude. He would love it. Like a pig and shit. Crush. He would be so yeah. excited. He'd be smoking one of those long-ass cigarettes. He'd be... Oh, yeah. <laughs> he'd be having a great time. Ed Orgeron and his cadre of beautiful women were walking around Paris. Um, that would be sick. Uh, anyway, this is not the uh, this is not the travel episode. That's an off-season episode. This is the Week 12 recap for college football. Uh, we are going to talk through uh, everything that happened in the penultimate week of the regular season. Um, I would say that some things happened. I would also say that things continue not to happen at the top of the sport. There is a just it's just a deadlock up there. Like we've talked about the last couple weeks. I, I unless I'm forgetting an upset, I don't think I am. I think it's pretty much still just as it has been that top eight nine. 10 range just unmoving and there were some things that happened within that top 10 a, a pretty big injury at florida state that we're going to talk about um yeah. you know some some fairly yeah. tight games missouri like a, and texas and louisville were all in was in washington were all Mi- challenged michigan too a lot. Um, michigan of course yeah yeah and, um, and so like they were you know there were some tight games in there but um yeah kind of <laughs> kind of more of the same here i i honestly like I, I, this doesn't usually happen, right? Like usually you see, no, you, you go into these last couple of weeks with, with 10 or 11 teams that are still seriously in contention. And then like half of them lose and they're just not, they're not losing. There's still another regular season week and then there's going to be conference championship games, but it does feel like we're kind of heading toward a, a conference championship Saturday with a lot of teams still in play nationally, which is yeah. not usually how it goes. I think I checked and I believe this is a uh, credit to, um, to stats by will, will Warren or our buddy on the boards and a great poster. Um, he, he pulled, he, he did some initial league work on this and I followed up. I, I believe it's the third time in the last 44 seasons that there have been five undefeated power league teams going into week 13. Yeah. Um, pretty crazy. It doesn't really ever happen like this. Yeah. Um, and let alone like you would, have power league teams before but like two of them be in the big east or something like like actual legitimate power teams 
being this undefeated, uh, or like this many of them being undefeated, plus like a lot of one-loss teams, you mentioned in contention, Texas, Bama, Oregon, like yeah. the door's open for Louisville now, even with Florida State's injury, possibly. Yeah, yeah. Um, probably. It's probably like, not that open, but it is technically, if some other things happen. need some help, yeah. yeah but... It is technically open. They're a one, they're a one-loss P5 team. They could that it's they, they 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 meet the baseline qualification um yeah some, basically maybe some, some all they need. i mean issues, not to but, get not yeah. to get into it right now but i mean like if washington and georgia take care of business and they went in louisville wins out all they need is help from texas like if texas stumbles on their final two games which they've been trying to do yeah uh <laughs> louisville could be in yeah yeah yeah, and that would be something. I don't know that I would say it would be good, but it would be good for Louisville. <laughs> it would be it would be cool to see some new blood. I I fear that they would be the sacrificial number four team that we have seen plenty of times before in this playoff. But um, I don't know. It would be good for them. That would be one hell of a first season for Jeff Brom. He's going Sunny Dykes mode. Oh yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> that's I I bet more. I I bet we're gonna see that happen more with the transfer portal of just like oh, yeah. kind of weird teams having a, an amazing first year for no clear reason. Like you already have talent on the roster, just a bad coach who gets replaced by a better coach. And then they, they bolster it a little bit and then they rattle off a really great first season. That, that seems like it's going to be more common. Um, yeah. So we're, we're going to break through all of this. We're going to talk through all of this before we do that. I'm going to tell you about meet at midfield.com. That is our website. Um, I would say it's a pretty big week for the website, as it is every year. Uh, of course, the origins of the website are uh, based in Ohio State and Michigan. We have we've since branched out, but there is still uh, obviously a ton of influence <laughs> on, on the site and on the message board that comes with that game. And uh, it's going to be it's it's going to show this week. We've got three separate threads on the message board. The the best message board in college football. Uh, one for Michigan fans, one for Ohio State fans, and then the one that I would recommend to neutral observers, which would be the conflict thread, which is shared and as much as we possibly can um, untouched. <laughs> we don't, we really don't have to moderate with a super heavy hand on the message board, which is a, a, a big compliment to the message board. Um, that is not common <laughs> among among large gatherings of people on the internet but people usually on this on the site i mean almost always people do a very good job of keeping it uh normal and not not getting out of control um and the conflict thread is such a great uh, i think second screen option for people who are watching that game as a neutral observer or even people who are watching the game as a fan it's just it's fun to get in there and uh to time you know to mix it up in uh in in, in a rivalry sense uh so we've got oh, that yeah. we've got all kinds of stories coming we have the premium episodes of this podcast and high street freaks premium episode of this yep. podcast this week i would assume is probably going to be we've not talked about this ahead of time probably a little bit more of the same with coach talk with uh openings talk syracuse is now open dino babers has been fired i would guess he will not be the only one today we record we're recording this uh, Sunday around two Eastern time. Eastern. Yeah. yeah. Um, there probably will be more. <laughs> Usually they come a little bit later on in the day on Sunday. They're either first thing Sunday morning, late Sunday night, or first thing Monday morning are usually when fires come, firings come. So I would expect more will be coming. We will be talking about that yep. and all sorts of good stuff over there at meet at midfield.com. We, we have a code as well. We should we? mention, yes, yeah, we have two codes going right now for, for discounts. If you want to come try it out. Yeah. Um, you can use code the game, all one word, the game, T H E 
G-A-M-E, for a $5 first month subscription, just five bucks to try it out for a month. Uh, um, or if you use code uh, NOV25, uh, you can get 50% off a semi-annual or annual membership, which is a huge discount uh, to try it out for either six months or a year. Yeah. Um, crazy price at that rate. I mean, it's it's a really, really good deal. So I heavily recommend anyone who wants to try out Meet at Midfield to subscribe yeah. uh, and use one of those two codes. Pat, you'll put those in the description, obviously. But yeah. um, that's code the game, all one word, for $5 for your first month. Or code NOV25 for 50% off a semi-annual or annual membership. Yeah, even I'll, I'll say on the $5 one, like even just for the opportunity to use that that second screen, right, while watching the games on on Saturday, while watching the game on Saturday, um, that's, that's entirely on its own. That would be worth $5. I paid $30 earlier today to watch a basketball game. Um, and like not a terribly important one, at least nationally speaking, there are so many worse ways you could spend $5 than, uh, then giving it a try, jumping on the message board this weekend, seeing if you like it. I think you will. Um, most, um, almost everybody who has tried it has liked it and has stuck around, which is a, a you know, we appreciate that. that. That makes us feel good. Um, and, uh, and of course, you also get all of the stuff, all of the content that we're going to have this week. So it's a good time to go on over there, midfield.com And those codes are, as Ryan said, in the description. Um, we are also brought to you by homefieldapparel.com. Uh, Ryan, you want to tell people about Homefield? Oh, yeah. Homefield is the Internet's top purveyor of vintage-style collegiate apparel. Uh, they have some truly insane gear on there for... I mean, just about anything you can imagine at the FBS. I don't, I don't know if they have all 133 yet. If not, they're very close to it. Yeah. Um, and a ton of great FCS teams as well. So whether you have uh, your team, your favorite team, or a local team you want to support, or just look, you want to buy a shirt for Christmas for a friend or a family member, uh, or you want to buy gear yeah. to root against the rival in a game coming up. And I'll, I'll, um, I'll tell you, I just did the Christmas gift. Uh, that that it's such a it's such a great move when you don't have like a truly like a, you don't you don't have a great idea for what to do for Christmas right like sometimes you have a great gift idea and you're just going to go for it but uh when you're kind of just like I don't know I just want something that that can that, that I know that they're going to like I know they're going to use uh I just got my girlfriend a uh, an Idaho state crew neck uh the one with the the uh, the state outline um on the uh, on the chest it's it's sick it's a it's an extremely good crew neck they they like they have the the at least in my in my house and with a lot of people that I know they really have the Christmas market uh, cornered. It's such an easy and good Christmas gift. Oh yeah, I mean it's insane, man. It is uh, it is just really really great gear top to bottom. Um, I I'm getting some gear for my girlfriend and I'm getting some gear for some family as well. It is uh, I mean the stuff's the best on there. They have a Black Friday deal going right now too. Leave the code yeah. Black Friday for. 20% off the entire site. Um, so use that other weeks. If you're, if you're, you know, missed the black Friday deal for some reason um, and you want to place your first order, use the code meet at midfield for 15% off of your first order. Yep. Uh, truly it is the best. We cannot recommend it highly enough. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Homefield gets the full stamp of approval despite their involvement with numerous international 
um, tragedies, I would say. We, mm-hmm. can over, we can overlook international tragedies if you make good shirts, and they certainly do. Uh, we would like and and to... I believe it is true, Patrick. They are part of the Couchetard Empire. Yes. Uh, they are a subsidiary of Couchetard. Yeah, I would say that they're even, yeah, they're right up there with the the, the high ups yeah. of, of Couchetard. Kind of the secret power behind Couchetard. I've been saying that, yeah. And I would also like to extend our condolences to Connor on Indiana. Um, that one, uh, that stinks. Sorry, man. It's, uh, <laughs> we, we, uh, I, I can't say that I was right on Tom Allen because I thought he was good, but uh, I, I know Ryan takes no joy in, in, in Tom yeah. <laughs> Allen being shitty at Connor's expense. That is unfortunate. Um, I would say our bad. I don't really know that we had anything to do with it, but uh, our bad. Sorry. Sorry that you have to deal with that, Indiana fans. <laughs> that stinks. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Anyway, Homefield. It's good. Homefieldapparel.com. Um, other weeks, use code meet at midfield for 15% off your first purchase. All right, let's talk games. Weeknight, we've got two games to, uh, or three games rather, to talk about. We're going to kind of breeze through these because there's not, I mean, we don't need to do it in a ton of detail. Uh, the MAC title game is set. Uh, Toledo, I believe, has been clinched, but it, it extra clinches here with a uh, pretty frantic comeback victory against Bowling Green, 32-31. Um, I'll, I'll give you a little look behind the scenes. I was all ready to get on, to get on Twitter and say, uh, something nice about Scott Leffler to say, uh, you know, I, I, I didn't, uh, I wasn't familiar with your game and, uh, and they've had a good season and you pull off a big win at home over Toledo. They were up by several scores pretty late on in the game. And I, I had the tweet, it's still sitting in my drafts, and I just watch slowly as it falls apart and Toledo comes all the way back and wins the game 32-31. Uh, Scott Leffler, fuck you, never mind. You suck shit and you're, you're bad at your job. Uh, you deserve no credit, and I, uh, I don't know, I hope you fall down a well. Fuck you. Uh, good win for Toledo, I guess. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah. Uh... I mean, yeah, look, it's, it's, uh, Scott Leffler sucks. Jason Daniels also kind of a loser, but yeah. less of one he than is, Leffler. He, he's got, they got him a diaper. He's managed not to shit his pants this season, which is, <laughs> uh, 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 they, I mean, honestly, they should be unbeaten. They should have won that Illinois game, which I'm sure is yeah. endlessly frustrating to them as it is to me. Um, but, yeah, take uh, one fan is kind good. of his colostomy bag. Yeah. 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 yeah that's, that's, <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. That's a pretty good, uh, he's a pretty good safety valve. <laughs> for shitting down your pants. He, uh, he, he bails you out a little bit. Um, he's got like a privacy cover that he's given him. So, so nobody can see that Jason is, is shooting down his pants. Um, Miami has also clinched and will be playing in that title game, uh, against Toledo. Miami beats Buffalo 23 to 10. Uh, Ohio won as well, but Miami was, uh, significantly ahead already with the head to head victory as well as a, a better conference record. Um, I'll I'll give, I want to give Miami credit for the way that it has closed out this regular season. There's still a game to go, but to still clinch the, the East without Brett Gabbert and really without honestly much of a passing attack at all. Avion Smith is just not, he's not an especially good passer. Um, that's impressive, man. That's impressive that they have managed to overcome that enough to get to the conference title game. They've had a really good season. Um, they've been running the ball well. That defense has been excellent all year. Uh, good team. Good good team that Chuck Martin's got over there. Um, he has. Uh, this was the breakthrough season that they really needed, and they got it. They're nine and two. They're headed to the uh, to the MAC title game. Good for them. Yep. Yeah. It's um. Uh, it is a pretty good MAC title berth coming up. I, I don't know that Miami has any shot at the 
uh, New Year's Six bid for the G5, even though they've had a good season. Yeah. Uh, but Toledo does, I think. Yeah. Like, I, you, you probably need need some help from the AAC. And Liberty. Um, I think you probably need Liberty and, to lose because Liberty is still yeah. unbeaten. It seems like everybody has kind of forgotten that Liberty is unbeaten because – the they've, committee certainly has. Yeah, because yeah. they've they've been. I mean, it's not like the best schedule in the world, but the CUSA is better than. I don't. I mean, the AAC, right? Like it. It is. I'm they not. They have just, four quality wins right now. Yeah, I um, I think that they probably deserve the New Year Six bid if they. I mean, if they go unbeaten, they certainly do because that would include a second win over New Mexico State, who we're going to talk about a little bit. They had a big day, um, but. Uh, yeah, and, and and when I say I mentioned this on the show last week as well, when I say that the Cuse is not better than the AAC, I'm not the only one saying this. Uh, Bill Connolly's SP Plus also says this and has for two weeks now. Uh, Cuse is better than the AAC. I don't really <laughs> I, like. It would be a really significant bummer to me if the winner of the AAC is again the team in the New Year Six because I don't think they deserve it. I think that the the MAC is not far is not that far behind the AAC this year, and Toledo is I think better than whoever's going to win the AAC. If it's not Liberty, I would much rather see Toledo in that game uh, than like yeah. Tulane uh, or you know Toledo Toledo versus Tulane or SMU would be a fun game. Yeah, um, that would be. But fun. I I don't know if they're better straight up. I think it'd be a very close game either side. Yeah, but I do think they are more deserving probably. Yeah. And, um, and what else could we possibly judge on? Um, apparently a lot. Yeah. Apparently there's a lot else we can judge yeah. on, and it's all uh, very much kind of shrouded in, <laughs> in yeah. mystery. Not entirely clear I mean, what it is that we're judging on, but um, yeah. most deserving I, would I probably mean, be a good way to do it. As it stands today, today, Toledo currently has three quality wins, those being San Jose State, uh, Miami and Bowling Green. Uh, San Jose State and Bowling Green are six and five. San Jose Miami State's doing them, doing them a favor here, I think, with this late. They season definitely run. are. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And and Tulane, uh, Tulane has the wins over South Alabama, which is also six and five, and eight and three Memphis. Yeah. Uh, they would also presumably add the uh, what UTSA would yes. be seven and five if they beat them. UTSA is currently uh, eight and three, so they would be eight. And so four. they'd be eight and four. If they I beat also them. Yeah. I will talk about that game this upcoming week. I don't know that Tulane's going to win that football game. Um, but we yeah. will, uh, we'll, we'll see. Um, SMU obviously has the two losses. And so we'll, we'll, I don't know. We'll see how they handle it. I would love to see Toledo ranked in the upcoming, uh, top 25. I think they deserve it. Uh, they've won fucking 10 games in a row. They are, they're good. Uh, would like to, would like to see that. I don't know if we will. Um, same also on the weeknight here, uh, very explosive result. Uh, Washington State 56, Colorado 14. What the hell, man? What the hell? <laughs> what I happened? mean, what the hell is just Colorado's O-line, right? Yeah. Uh, they, they played three quarterbacks in this game. Um, uh, Wazoo produced five sacks and nine tackles for a loss, Yeah, uh, as well as an interception, uh, and I believe they recovered two fumbles as well, both from Brendan Jackson. Um, yeah, <laughs> they they scored two defensive touchdowns. Um, hard to win doing that. Yeah. Very hard to win if you're giving up two defensive touchdowns. Uh, and Wazoo also had a kick return for a touchdown. Jesus. Um, yeah, I just. I, the, I mean, Colorado I, lost in every phase of the game. Yeah, I think Colorado is, as we've talked about, just about done this year. I would be. I mean. They've got Utah next week. Probably not going to go great in that one either. Um, I, and I, I do, I, honest to God, I do really appreciate what they have done, what Colorado has done this year, because I think that it is a very valuable data point for us in understanding what you can and can't do in the transfer portal. Um, and, and basically the answer is you can build 
uh, about six of the 11 uh, parts of the offense and probably seven of the 11 parts of the defense. You cannot build lines in the transfer portal. It does not work. It just... I, I would even say some defensive lines you can build. I don't I know. I think ends. I think you can get some pretty Im- impactful defensive ends. I Tackles and offensive linemen are really hard to come by in the portal. It is yeah. really hard yeah. to build size in the portal. And they're hard to recruit too. Yeah, they're yeah. hard to recruit and and I think that it is it is partially because good size is not really all that available. If a guy if an offensive lineman or a defensive tackle is in the portal and he has great size and athleticism, um, there's probably something else that's wrong with him. There's a reason that he's in the portal. Yeah. Bear Alexander. Either he played for um, a terrible team or his coach <laughs> left or he has personal problems. Yeah. And like I, maybe you get lucky with one or two of them and it is that they that their coach left and they're a legitimately good player. But to get lucky with all five of them on the offensive line is not going to happen. You have to have some continuity. You have to have some year-over-year development. You have to have years in the system. Yeah. It is just not – you can't plug and play on, on the line. Maybe with one guy, if you do a really good job and you grab a couple options for it. But I think once you get to more than half of a line being built in one off season, it is it is not going to work. It just can't. You 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 are asking too much of your of your scouting. You're asking too much of these guys plugging them into a system that's new. Um, line play has to be developed internally. I, I think is is and it's not a, a it's not just them answer. either, right? Like no. even if like more power programs like Auburn and Miami have had real struggles with that too. Uh, who who basically imported entire new lines. Um, it's like you can definitely add on a lot of transfer portal talent to an existing foundation. I think Michigan and Florida State have done excellent jobs of that. Um, yeah, but there's not a ton of latitude. Like you ha- like you said, you have to have a core. There has to be something already established that you add on to with additional talent you can't just build it wholesale from the portal it's not it's not going to work yeah I, I think the majority of your of your two deep of your top 10 on the line probably need to come from within your program um as a as a hard and fast rule just there's got to be there has to be some stability there because it is it is too much to to try and do it all in one off season it just doesn't work um yeah. and uh yeah colorado is Feeling that, I'm interested to see what they look like next season. I'm interested to see how much they do of of portal stuff this upcoming year. I would assume it won't be quite as much. <laughs> I don't think they're going to rebuild the whole roster again. Um, but I'm interested to see just how Dion navigates uh, poor line play and, and if he if he learns a lesson from this or if he just kind of tries to do it again. Because I, I just I don't think it works. I don't think that building the line in the in the portal is going to be a path forward you gotta have you gotta have some years in the program um or which school he does it at yeah which school he does it at that's Um, also a question uh saturday uh, probably colorado but maybe not yeah probably colorado Um, we'll see saturday noon uh first up here michigan 31 maryland 24 um this one final score pretty pretty close the game was close in the fourth quarter michigan kind of closes it out on on defense at the end i believe it had two safeties in this game which is uh, as, as the broadcast said, uh, the most it has had in a game in at least 20 years, and beyond that, who knows? Probably the most that Michigan has had in a game in quite some time. That's a lot of safeties to have in a game. One is a lot, um, and uh, the the defense is able to shut it down here. Um, I, yeah, I, I, Maryland had three turnovers and uh, allowed two safeties. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. It that's did. yeah. That's tough. Michigan scored. Uh, it also scored off of a, a touchdown off of interception. So, so between their 
they had a fumble return for a touchdown, two safeties, and a touchdown on a short field off an interception. Yeah, uh, which means you're looking at what is that? Uh, 18 points off of off of defense, basically for Michigan. Yeah, uh, and a 31-24 win. Um, yeah, and and Maryland, I think, had at least, from what I remember, one touchdown, maybe two that were that were pushed along either by penalties or good field position or, or whatever. Um, and, and so, like it, it happened on on both ends. But uh, this was not. I mean, this was not a great. This was not a, a not a good performance from the Michigan offense. I would say. I think the defense probably played a little bit better than the final score would indicate. Um, Maryland helped that along a little bit as well, specifically Talia, who just loves to throw interceptions and take sacks. Um, but uh, Michigan's offense, not not really clicking here uh, terribly well. J.J. McCarthy did not have a good game. Uh, the rushing attack was uh, uh, kind of held under wraps for the most part. I think that there is something to be said for they are they're very much not running J.J. right now. They are They are keeping him in bubble wrap. They are not letting him really play the way that he was at the beginning of the season because they don't want him to get hurt ahead of the Ohio State game and they know they can win these games without him. But the the offense has not been has not been terribly encouraging the last two or three weeks no. since really since Sharon Moore started, you know, doing head coaching duties, which is understandable, I think, because he's doing more on game day than just calling plays. And I think that the play calling has left something to be desired these last two games. Yeah, I, I mean, Michigan averaged 4.3 yards per play in this game, yeah. which would rank 131st nationally over the course of a season, uh, right in between Akron and Iowa. Um, that is not where you want to be. Um, Hi, Iowa. <laughs> nice to see uh, you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I will say that, like, look, I mean, I, I think Michigan fans are starting to feel a small bit of the annoyance of Ohio State fans when you have a coach who is your head coach, but is also an offensive coordinator and a position coach at the same time. Uh, and just trying to call plays from the field. Um, it's not fun, dude. It's not very fun. Is it? Uh, no. <laughs> we don't like it. You don't like it. It's not cool. And to your point about JJ running, I think that is true. Um, the, the guy, I think it's was it space cowboy BDS. You know, I'm talking about the guy yes. on Twitter, the Michigan, um, yeah. Po- he po- uh, space he po- coyote. Yeah. yeah. He, he posts a bunch of clips. He's got, uh, he's got mm-hmm. interest. He's, he seems to know his stuff. He's very good. He's very good. And he's yeah. pointed out multiple times, as I believe has Ross Fulton on the Ohio State side. Um, it's true that they're not running JJ much, but also when they do, uh, JJ is a very good scramble runner. He is not a good designed read runner. Like when it's a read option, a true read, he makes the wrong choice pretty frequently. Um, he just wants to keep that ball almost every time when they yeah. give him a chance to. Um, he's not very good at it, man. I think it's a real challenge for Michigan that element of their rush. Like the Russian attack in general has faltered uh, significantly from 2021 and 2022 this year. Yeah. And I think McCarthy on reads is a big piece of why um, it's always possible. It gets better and they're, they're saving stuff. So, so to speak for Ohio state, but I think that's every fan says that for every rivalry game yes. and every sport. And it's always a bit of wish casting. Um, it, it does happen at times, obviously, but you're just kind of hoping and praying that's true. Right. You don't have actually evidence for it. Yeah, um, yeah, you basically you, the it, it it's 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 wish casting that it is just like yes, they will be automatically he will fix it, it will be immediately good. Um that is not, you know, <laughs> that's not really how it, how it works. Um I I think it is fair to expect that he will be better in that game than he was in in these last two and that he'll be more willing to run um and he might have, you know, he'll he'll have some I think good plays, but yeah, you're 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 right that like He's just not like 
he's not very good at reading those plays. He's not super it's not really his his game, which is uh unfortunate because he is a really good runner. He's just not very good at at doing that. He the 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 timing is not really there for him to this point. No. And I I think as well like Look, I, I don't want to get too far into this because we have several episodes of the podcast coming about this. You, I mean, you and I are going to do our own preview episode uh, on Wednesday. I have a podcast I'm doing later today with uh, DJ and Kevin on High Street Freaks. I'm having a podcast to be on both feeds with uh, Thick Stauskas, a.k.a. Dan, yep. uh, on the Michigan-Ohio State game. So I'm going to talk about this a lot. But I will say, like, it feels to me like Michigan is playing its worst football of the season over the last three weeks. Um, and look whatever you're gonna read into it like without the signs without having opponent signs mccarthy has not played well at any point in time uh whether you want to point that to you know like tcu last year or the recent games the past couple weeks like he has not looked very good um and i think their offense in general has floundered you again we could point to we talked about the shrone more structure of him trying to do too much yeah you can if you want to cynically point out the fact that michigan doesn't know the defense's plays (laughs) Um, I think it's probably both. Uh, there's some element of both of those things being involved here. Yeah, Michigan and, is not playing its best football right now, and I think that's a point of concern. Yeah, and and the the place where you come down on it is dependent entirely on your rooting interest, <laughs> right? It is yeah. just yeah, of yeah, course, yeah. It is just whatever you whatever you want it to be is going to be the the answer, and that's that's true on on all sides of it. Yeah, um, and and the positive yeah. spin is look, Michigan played like shit last year against against Illinois and still yeah. beat Ohio State. Uh, yeah, soundly. this is Ohio State and Michigan both love to do this, right? Like ahead of Ohio State didn't really do it this year, but like this is a this has always been a a a thing with this game is is the week or the two weeks before they are very clearly not fully locked into the opponent that they're playing. They're thinking about, you know, Ohio State or they're thinking about Michigan. It it happens. Yeah. Yeah, last year Ohio State been ugly against Maryland. Uh, as well before playing Michigan, uh, Michigan played ugly against Illinois. Um, you know, I guess the year prior, Ohio State beat the shit out of Michigan State in one of the most resounding victories over a ranked team. Yeah, we've seen in recent memory. Um, Mel Tucker it got, didn't matter at all, and then Mel Tucker yeah. got a hundred million dollars. Um, that yeah. was cool. That was a smart decision. <laughs> I think Good right job. before that game, actually, it was yeah. very funny. Yeah, um, yeah, which is great. Pretty you much know, all downhill from there. Pretty much exclusively bad news after they gave him that contract. Yeah, I would say so. Um, yeah, but look, Michigan won the game. The, the results won't matter right now if they beat Ohio State. If you beat Ohio State, you're playing in the playoff. That's it. Yeah. Um, if you don't, I think I, – I mean, I know they're not supposed to consider this, but I don't know how the committee doesn't take a look at, like, what the recent goings-on of Michigan's are, uh, Michigan is and, and kind of um, taking that into account when they're picking between, like, a one-loss Michigan and maybe, like, if Louisville were to win out or something like that. Um, how do you not consider that? Right. Like I think Michigan probably has to win on Saturday, Ohio state almost certainly does too, but the path's a little bit broader. Yeah. Um, both because of ranked wins and other things of that nature, but, um, yeah, man, it's going to be, it's going to be fascinating to watch. Uh, I'd certainly, I mean, one of the most hyped editions of this game in a long time. Um, and, uh, I'm excited to see it. Um, yeah, but yeah, look, they won the game. Uh, a few teams got scares and still won their game to stay alive. Louisville did the same thing. Yep. They had a pretty back and forth affair with Miami before winning 38 and 31 uh, uh, as the Canes lost their third straight game. Yeah. Um, it was a fun game, man. This was fun to watch. This this one was, it was. back and yeah. forth pretty much all game. 
Um, Louisville ends up uh, ends up closing it out down the stretch. Uh, Tyler Van Dyke for Miami did not. I don't think I don't think he played especially well. His stats are all right. He he <laughs> didn't really do anything all of all that all that great. Um, I thought Jack Plummer played well for Louisville. Uh, the guy who stood out to me for Miami, other than Xavier Restrepo, who was fantastic, uh, Mark Fletcher Jr. I think is going to be a a guy oh, for good, them. Yeah. He is he's good. He's very good, especially yeah. for a for a freshman. Um, yeah, but, he, he flipped to them late from Ohio State. Very yeah. very good player. Yeah, good yeah. player. Um, Louisville, I thought uh, you know just just find a way, right? They've they've been able to do it all year. They went out on this one and they found a way to win the game. Um, they closed it down late. They were prepared for the late game situation. They have handled, I think, the pressure of their situation well. Um, it has not been pretty. It doesn't really need to be pretty. It, you know, it's it's uh, if they win out, they're going to be right there, and they need some help. They were always going to need some help. It doesn't matter if they beat the shit out of Miami or Virginia or if they play those games close. They're going to need some help, but they are still in the running. They still have, you know, everything on the table they can they can win the games that are left for them and they will be in a fairly good spot and they would be acc champions um good win for them i i impressed with the resolve of the team and, and the resilience that they are able to take these you know they were they were trailing fairly late in this game uh and yeah. to to respond to that when you know that the pressure is on is not easy to do i i, I think that they have they have impressed me with with just finding a way these these last couple of weeks because a lot of times you see, and they still could you know they play Kentucky this week, um, but a lot of times you see teams that are not traditionally in this position where they're contending nationally late in the season. A lot of the times you will see them go down in a game and they just can't get back up. They they just they can't they can't handle yeah. the the pressure of the moment. Louisville I think has handled it really well. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I also think that. It's been uh it's been pretty cool to watch the emergence of uh Isaac Arendo for, yeah. for Louisville. I know Jawar Jordan gets sick. all the love in their yeah. backfield, but yeah, I mean he's he's really good, man. He's closed some games for them. Um I think he has been the better player now for three or four weeks over Jawar Jordan. Yeah. Um the the stats don't back that up. I think Jordan's out gaining Garendo on the season by like five hundred yards. Yeah. But just watching them play. I think Garendo was emerging in this backfield. And he, I love a running back who always falls forward, right? Who always ends his drives or always ends his runs moving forward. And he is very much that kind of guy. He's very physical, uh, very good. He reminds with, me of Isaiah uh, Pacheco. Yeah, very good. Yeah, he, that's, a, that's a good comparison. He's a good player, man. Yeah. He's, he's a really good yeah. player. They've, they've, got some, they've got some really nice skill players on that offense. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, Good win. I mean, Miami really falling apart here down the stretch, as as they always love to do. Yeah, um, God, they, they are. <laughs> they cannot get enough. Of yeah, it. it's it's their favorite. <laughs> they uh, they are staring down the barrel of six and six. They can't beat Boston College on the road. I think they um, can. I think they can probably swing that. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> they yeah. They, they probably can. But when you've lost five of seven and you're only two wins or one score games at home over Clemson and Virginia, yeah, you probably don't feel awesome about that. Yeah. Stoppable um, <laughs> force versus a movable object. They're a team that could have yes. a winning record against Boston College. That would be yeah. That's that's. Uh, yeah. Even if it is Miami shitting its pants at the end of the season, uh, Boston College would still have to beat a team that currently has a winning record, and that is not something that it is interested in doing. No, they hate um, doing that. They even yeah, just, they I'm lost to Pitt. Lost. The Pitt doesn't even have a winning yeah. record. Pitt is nowhere near a winning record, and they still lost no, the game. Pitt's 3-8. and eight. Yeah, they, <laughs> I mean, my God. Um, yeah, Jesus Christ. Uh, well, you know who's also has the exact same record as Miami right now? Uh, that would be Northwestern. 
Mm, they are bowl eligible <laughs> after a 23-15 win <laughs> in the Ryan Field send-off to beat Purdue. Um, Holy shit. We this didn't is think... one of the best coaching jobs like I can remember. Yeah. We did not think these guys were going to win a game, and we were fair in thinking that. We've talked about this before this, yeah. this season. We were we were justified. And then a 1-11, 0-12. Yeah, yeah, it's just an amazing coaching job. In like, saying that they might not win a game. I mean, this it was desolate. It was not a good spot. Like, the roster was not good coming into the season. And then they, they, you know, they're, they're, they were enmeshed in scandal like a month before the season started. And they had a coaching turnover like a month before the season started from a guy who's been there for two decades. Um, and, uh, I, I mean, part of my, you know, part of my brain is saying like, wow, Pat Fitzgerald, late stage Pat Fitzgerald was really shit in the bed. He was really not doing a very good job with this team because they were obviously more talented than what he was showing the last couple of years. Um, but also like, yeah, David Braun has done a fantastic job. I, I think the way that they have rallied has been really, really impressive. And to get to a bowl game with this team in the position that it was in coming into the season is crazy. That is uh, like, like you said, one of the best coaching jobs that I can really remember. And there have been several within this season that I think are very impressive, but Braun is, is right up there with the best of them. Um, I can't believe these guys are going to a bowl game. That's awesome. That's that's yeah. a that's a tremendous, <clears throat> tremendous accomplishment for them. And, and it's also like, I don't want to give too much credit here to a three and eight Purdue team, but it's a testament to like how good Ryan Walters is as a defensive coach uh-huh. that they lost the turnover margin four to one and still only lost by one score. Uh, and it, I mean, they they did outgain Northwestern by I think well over a hundred yards. Sure, uh, they put up four hundred forty three yards of offense, only got fifteen points. Um, pretty frustrating with that offense, I'm sure. But um, yeah, man, that's a tough day for Purdue. But Northwestern, credit to them. Amazing season for these guys. Uh, really, really cool to see them, you know, without without Fitzgerald attached to do what they're doing. Yeah. I hope Braun clears out some of the remaining Fitzgerald influence, but I doubt that he will. Yeah. Um, I would like to see some it, more some more North, North Dakota State guys in there for sure. That would be yeah. that would be nice to see him build out. I, I think he probably will bring in some of his guys after the year because he will have the the ability to do that. Um, I don't know how many he will, but like I would like to see them shift the culture yeah. closer toward Braun than toward Fitzgerald. And I, and, I think he'll. And do as that. I recall, the well as well, a lot of those Northwestern assistants are older guys too. Yes. Yeah. And like I, I don't think it would be that difficult of a conversation to be like, hey, I, you know, we really appreciate what you've done here. Um, I don't know you. <laughs> and <laughs> I would like to bring in some of my guys. I'm like, uh, I'm young enough to be your kid. Uh, I would like to bring in some guys who I know. Um, I don't think that would be, I, I think every, I think all parties involved would kind of understand the situation. I don't think it would be that, that crazy. Um, Agreed. Yeah. yeah. Granted, uh, Mississippi State's offensive coaches have spent the entire season bitching to journalists about getting fired by Zach Arnett in a kind of a similar yeah, situation. Up, so dude. maybe you'd have to deal with like Northwestern's decrepit defensive staff complaining that they got fired by a new coach. Sorry, bud. It's a new coach. I don't know what to tell you. You, <laughs> your, your buddy who hired you died. I don't know what to tell you, man. It happens. It's a job. Sometimes yeah. you get fired. He's an assistant it, for a high school football program right now. Good I, luck. Yeah, I'm. I'm, um, I'm glad that you have also. seen the the just ridiculous amount of complaining about Mississippi Mississippi State's offensive staff getting fired. Shut the fuck up. Who cares, hey, man? Here, here's God. a hint to journalists: you don't have to print everything everyone tells you. No, and they're all saying it. <laughs> they are all in unison. It's it, I can't believe they fired the offensive staff. Why? It's a new coach. Why would he keep the staff? <laughs> 
stupid. He's not an air raid guy. He shouldn't have to do that. He shouldn't be stuck with fucking Steve Spurrier Jr. or whoever it was that they had running the offense. Jesus, (laughs) stupid. Um, Anyway. (laughs) Anyway, yeah, David Braun deserves a ton of credit. I would like to see him get the chance to really build out that program his way. I, I think he... I think he will. I'm I'm impressed with him. He has he has done quite the job this season to get this team to a bowl game. Um, in the AAC, SMU 38, Memphis 34. Uh, SMU all but guaranteed now a spot in the AAC title game. Uh, Memphis is, I would say, who I thought they were. Just does not have the really does not have the juice to win against quality opponents. Um, did not. I mean, this one was not really. The, the final score is not totally indicative. Memphis scored pretty late to make it a one-score game. It was 38-28 pretty late on SMU. Drove down and, and really kind of finished this one off with not a whole lot of time left. Um, good win for SMU, workmanlike. I, I, they, they moved the ball efficiently, 50% success rate. Uh, not a ton of big plays, but they didn't really need them. Um, Preston Stone, I think a good game. He's such a weird quarterback. The way that he throws the ball is very strange. Um, yeah. but he, he did it enough. They ran the ball pretty well. LJ Johnson Jr. Had a good game. Uh, defensively, I thought they were really good at specifically slowing down and, and basically stopping the Memphis rushing attack. If you're going to beat these guys, the best way to do it is to make Seth Hennigan beat you through the air because there's just a lot of empty calories in, in that passing attack. Uh, 50 attempts, 393 yards is not a terribly efficient day at the office, uh, even if you do have a bunch of yards. And that's been kind of the Memphis story for the last couple of years now is, yeah, they have a lot of yards. They're not doing anything with them, but they have them. Um, and yeah, uh, yeah yep, SMU yep, gets yep. it done. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I will push back slightly on like the score and late take it closer thing because Memphis did outgain SMU um, and they lost turnover margin one to nothing. Just no defense play in this game, really. No. By anybody, I know, like you said, SMU did slow down and really stop Memphis rushing attack. But there were uh, two sacks and one turnover, and I think six combined tackles for a loss. Uh-huh. Basically nothing negative created by any defense all day yeah. uh, on the field. Uh, just kind of guys getting cardio out there on defense. <laughs> yeah, I am uh, I'm, I'm very much of the opinion that whoever wins the Tulane UTSA game that we talked about earlier is going to win the AAC because I just don't know that SMU can beat either one of those teams. Um, but Memphis certainly can't, and I'm glad that we're not going to have to see them try because they're just not they're, – they're, they're on a tier below the, the, the top three yeah. in this conference pretty clearly. Uh-huh. That's fair, but but also I, I will give credit here a pretty good year for Rhett Lashley, right? Like probably going to beat Navy, probably go yeah, ten and two with a chance to win the AAC. I I, th- um, I think they have done what they should do with this roster. I will I will say that, and they didn't do that last year. Uh, living up to and and you know maybe even exceeding a little bit expectations is good. That's the job they they they've they've done they've accomplished it. They've yeah. done the they've done the job this year. Yeah, yeah. Credit to them. They they've earned it. Um. The next game on our list here was an unfortunate result, which is James Madison, uh, who rallied late to force overtime, yeah. uh, falling in overtime at home to App State in a 26-23 loss. Really takes someone out of the sails for the Dukes, but um, man, App State fucking getting away with it, huh? Yeah, uh, they, they are. <laughs> they sure, they sure are. Um, they are now. They are now seven and four, and. Um, did they beat Coastal in that game earlier this year? They lost to Coastal. Okay, so they, they need some help to get into the Sun Belt title game. Um, they need the Sun Belt to not let James Madison be eligible. Yeah. Uh, who, is, and they also, who is Coastal playing this week? Uh, great question, Pat. <laughs> Coastal plays uh, James Madison. Oh, So well, um, okay. 
And then App, I, I think, App State plays Georgia Southern, who is struggling, correct. I would say. So if App State and Coastal both win their games, it would go to a uh, – oh, I guess – so App State's done, right? Because if Coastal wins – App State's done unless James Madison is not allowed to play the Sun Belt title game. Okay. Um, if they are not allowed and Which seems James Madison beats – at this point, yeah. Well, the Sun Belt rules are different than the NCAA rules. The Sun okay. Belt could choose to let them play regardless of what the NCAA says. Okay. Um, that would be a good so, idea. They should do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So if James Madison beats Coastal on the road and they're not allowed to be eligible, App State would play for the title game. Um, if Coastal wins, they're in regardless. Yeah. Uh, even if James Madison's eligible. Um, so we'll see. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we we'll, will see. We'll I don't see. really know what's going to happen there. As yeah. for this um, game, yeah, impressive from from App State to get it done. Um, I, I thought Joey Aguilar had a really good game for them. They needed it. You can't really run the ball on this James Madison defense, as a lot of offenses have learned. And uh, Aguilar got it done. He you know three touchdowns and was not the most efficient day in the world, but it, it didn't really need to be because James Madison's offense really did not get going until the absolute last moment in the fourth quarter. They finally started moving the ball and getting it into the end zone. Elijah Surratt was really good down the stretch. Um, it, it felt like James Madison was going to win the game. I mean, they, they had a ton of momentum going into overtime. They got an interception at the end of, of regulation after tying the game at 20. Uh, they were... I mean, they were moving to start overtime. They had a big completion on, I think, the first play of their first drive of, of overtime in the first period, and then offense just stalls. They were looking for pass interference or holding or something on Elijah Surratt, and they didn't get it, I think, three times in a row, and they kick a field goal. App State comes down um, about as close as it could have been, the the call between a touchdown yeah. and a touchback uh, with, uh, I think it was Caden Robinson, who who was just right there on the edge of the end zone. And he uh, he was just in. They give it to him, and App State gets a, a really really impressive overtime road win. Um, they have uh, they have responded well. They've 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 got it done. They have they have stayed afloat somehow. Um, tough loss for for James Madison, um, but they should still they should still get the, the the postseason stuff that we've been talking about for weeks. This does not this does not in any way change the views of this show regarding James Madison. You know, should no. be in a bowl game. Should be if if it beats Coastal, should be the team representing the Sun Belt East. I don't know that that's going to happen. Um, and they need some they need some help with being in a bowl game if they if they you know they they need some some five and six teams not to win this week. I think it's 11 that need to lose. Um, we'll see if that happens. It was not a good week <laughs> for, for, for the bowl eligibility tracker. Uh, but we got one more week. We're going to watch the tape. Hopefully yeah. going <laughs> to get better. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, I would really like to see this, this James Madison team, even with a loss, I would really like to see them get a, a 13th game. I think they deserve it. This is one where you could really kind of feel the, the absence, unfortunately of, of Jalen green did not get a ton of pressure on Joey Aguilar. Um, no. I think that would have made a, a pretty big difference here, but injuries happen, unfortunately. Yeah. I will give credit to the App State rush defense for stepping up. Uh, neither team in this game could move the football at all on, on the rushing attack. They averaged 1.8 yards per carry collectively. Um, and App State's rushing defense is tied for 112th in the country Damn. in yards per carry allowed. And they, they really shut down James Madison. So impressive result uh, for App State on defense, even if the uh, – 
you know, James Madison defense wasn't really at full strength. I still think the App State defense deserves a lot of credit here in this win. Yeah. Um, so the impressed Sun- by those guys. Yeah. yeah. The, the Sun Belt is so sick, man. I know we've talked about this before, and we're not going to go into detail on it. The Sun Belt is so sick. There are so many, there are so yeah, many talented are. teams in this league. It's so physical. Um, really, really good G5 league. It, it is, they are on a, they're on a run right now. It, it's yeah. even, even in a relative down year for the Sun Belt, they are fucking, it's just a lot of good teams. It's a lot of good teams in that conference. Do you, uh, do you think that Sean Clark, uh, saved his job with this, uh, with this win? Uh, probably. Yeah, probably. I, 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 it would be unless the interest is very high in firing him, which I, I mean, I, I can't say that I'm an App State insider. I would love to be. If you have information regarding the death of App State, please let me know. Um, <laughs> if you have if you have information that would lead to Sean Clark's arrest, I would love to hear it. And then uh, don't answer your don't answer the door anytime in the next couple of weeks. <laughs> just, yeah. Maybe maybe board up the windows. Just stay away from windows in general. Uh, don't go out in the in a, in a drop top car or anything like that just just keep yourself you know hold yeah. up for whatever a you weeks. do not drive down the street in dallas no yeah. don't do that whatever you do do not do that that is going to be one of the last <laughs> things you want to do if you have information that would lead to the arrest of sean clark uh don't go overseas don't not none of that you weren't you don't want to stay home um yeah but uh yeah no I, I think he's probably safe for another year uh grudgingly i, I think that they're probably gritting their teeth that they have to do that but he's done enough that he probably has saved his job for this year yeah, bummer. Um, bummer. Saturday afternoon. <laughs> um, yeah. First up here, Arizona forty-two, Utah eighteen. Utah not just doesn't have enough. I, I I think at this point, Arizona good win, man. Another good win. They are they are rolling. This felt like a a pretty significant uh, potential stumbling block, and they did not have any issue with it. They moved the ball all over the field. Noah Fafita with another really good game. He's just a he's just an awesome player. Uh, Jonah yeah. Coleman ran well. Uh, the receivers are <laughs> as they have been. Defense did enough to get the job done. Offense did more than enough to get the job done. Utah does not have the the ammunition to keep up with this kind of game if the defense is not getting off the field, which it just was not doing consistently. Um, another really good win for Arizona, probably going to be a 9-3 and three finish here because I would assume they're going to beat Arizona State this week. Um, that's, you know, that's a lot more than we thought they were going to get. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Uh, I mean, I, I was really, really impressed with, with basically what Arizona has put together over the back half of the season. Um, the way these guys have rallied is amazing. Um, I mean, truly, truly impressive stuff from them. The only losses came to, to Washington and USC, that USC game, I still think was pretty heavily mismanaged by, uh, by jet fish, but yes. um, they're going to be heavy favorites against Arizona state. Uh, in week 13, I think they're, uh, I haven't seen the current line, but I assume it's going to be several scores. And uh, these guys are looking down the barrel of a nine and three or 10 and three season, which is awesome. Yeah. Uh, good for them. I, um, I'd have to, ch- I believe we already worked it out last week that even if Oregon loses to Oregon state, the tiebreaker does not go in Arizona's favor. I have to double check that. Um, but I think they're probably out for the Pac-12 title. Um, but either way, even if you can't go to the dance, I mean, just an amazing season overall for these guys. Um, yeah. And the crazy part is, like, a lot of it's just lately been Fafita. Um, you know, like, Tedward McMillan's playing amazing. You said Jonah, Jonah, Calman, Jonah Coleman, rather, had a good game. Yeah. Um, Jacob Cowain has not really done much this year. Um, no, he, he's he been, was kind of one of their big. Yeah. He's been in and out of the lineup with some injury stuff as well, um, yeah. which is which is part of it. But yeah, they've they've really. 
I mean, Noah Fafita has had an amazing season. He's a really, really good player. He's 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 very, very good. I, I think that they've got I think they got a live one with him. He is a he's a guy, um, and he has uh, he's done a ton. He's done a ton with uh, with some injury stuff going on in the receiver room. Um, he's good. He's very, very good. Yeah, big time. Um, pretty crazy. Cowing is. 16th in the country in receptions yeah uh and he sits at uh 148th in yards um <laughs> for receiving yeah um getting him a lot of like short yardage work and it's not really developing the bigger plays the way it did last year yeah you have to wonder if the loss of, of dorian singer and just kind of just being t-mac is the other big option is, is a you know factor and why but um still still a really a really really good year for arizona and their offense and their defense is way better than we ever expected. Yep. So credit to those guys. I mean, they are they are playing their tails off and uh, should be nine and three. Um, I cannot wait to see who hires Jed Fish and regrets mm. it immediately. Oh yeah, um, somebody's going to do it. Fun. Somebody's going to do it. It might not be UCLA. Next game here, UCLA thirty-eight, USC twenty. Uh, Chip Kelly with uh, on the ropes with articles being being fired at him with uh, with <laughs> with reports that he is very likely out. Uh, leads the Bruins onto the field at USC and just beats the piss out of them. Really, really just takes it to them. Um, this was not competitive. USC was not really not really involved in this football game and um, hasn't really been. For- you know how many rushing yards USC had? Uh, probably not very many based on, you know, general how USC performs offensively. Probably not very many at all. Yeah, if you include sack yardage, I know we shouldn't, but just for fun. Yeah. Um, USC had 22 carries for three yards. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Good. Good stuff. Yeah. That's uh, awesome. <laughs> U- UCLA, for reference, also just, just to mention this, lost to Arizona State last week uh, before doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and Jesus. they didn't like really play well. I don't think like US UCLA did anything no, special. They were like, fine. It was it was a very yeah, had... it, was, it was an Ethan Garbers uh classic, I would say offensively, just kinda there. Um USC nothing going on. Uh, no no recourse even for Ethan Garbers. Um God, they suck. Yeah. What a shitty football team. What a what an out what what a dog shit outlet just in general that they've got going on over there. Uh seven and five. Jesus, people were talking about this team as a championship contender. Good God, get a grip! I'm serious, very Every, unserious. Everybody, just get a grip regarding USC. It, it is, it is ridiculous. Lincoln Riley does not deserve anywhere near the amount of respect that he has given going into every college football season. The guy sucks. He's a shitty coach. He's a shitty coach. He doesn't care about winning. He doesn't care about his team. Uh, and they're going to do it again next year if he's still there, which I don't know if he's going to be. Um, they are just, they don't care. They don't care about football. They don't, they don't care about winning and UCLA does. Yeah. Um, I, I will say, like to say one nice thing about USC all season. Um, Brendan Rice is awesome. I like him. Yeah. Um, I'll he's say, been I'll, really fucking good. I'll yeah. say, I'll say something nice about them. Uh, we don't have to think about them. I appreciate them not making us think about them. They went seven and five. We don't have to, we don't have to concern ourselves with USC, we don't have to take them seriously as like a oh, could a ten and two USC get into the playoff, right? Like like that that kind yeah, of yeah, no shit. Ari Wasserman style. No, no, they didn't have yeah. like a late run where everybody's like oh, they're playing like one of the best teams in the country right now, like they do every year, right? Where they lose two games early and then they close out strong. No, they did the opposite. They started six and zero oh and then they finished seven and five. Uh, they are dog shit. We don't have to. We don't have to think about them. We don't have to watch Caleb Williams ever again. Um, what a fucking what a baby. What. A- <laughs> 
what a baby he has been about this whole thing. The whole program, just just soft as could possibly be uh, from top to bottom. They they are very much, I would say, a reflection of their coach. Uh, this is this is a Lincoln Riley team. This is pure yeah. uncut Lincoln Riley. This is as Lincoln Riley as you will ever see. Baby ass team. Yep. Um, also, while we were doing that segment, I just thought I should mention the pod. Um, uh, Arkansas's athletic director, Hunter Yurichek, did confirm that uh, Sam Pittman is back for next season. Yep. Um, oh, not great when your AD has to say that, <laughs> but, um, but <laughs> he yeah. is back for at least one more year. Yeah, I suppose um, if you're Sam Pittman, it's better than him not saying that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, that that that's about that's about right. That that's about what we had been kind of expecting. Um, also yeah. at the also in the afternoon, UNLV thirty one, Air Force twenty seven. Uh, Air Force was ahead for a, a pretty large chunk of this game. Looked like it was going to round back into form and and, and get a big win and uh, I, I think secure a spot in the Mountain West title. Uh, and then UNLV just rolls with the punches, responds. It was yeah. not an efficient day for that offense, but it was a very explosive day, and that was enough to get it done. Jaden Mayava, I thought, played pretty well. He had two interceptions and took some sacks, but in general, he, he moved the ball down the field. Uh, they yep. they ran uh, decently. They, they had five plays of 20-plus yards. Yeah, that'll work. Uh, yeah. Rick, Ricky White yeah. is <laughs> remains a dude. Ricky White has been a dude for them for two years now. He is a, he's a really, really good player. Um, and, uh, and they, they, they find a way air force still without Zach Larry here, which impacted them. I thought they played a lot better, obviously this week than they have the last two weeks, but UNLV is a good football team and this is what good football teams do. Um, big response from them. And they, uh, I, I believe, I don't know if they're secure in the mountain West title, but they do have, they control their destiny. They play San Jose state this week in, uh, uh, that's going to be a really tough that's gonna be a really tough game. Um, that should be. I, I think they play. Yeah, I think they play San Jose State. That'll be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, Mountain West remains fairly open, but UNLV right now looks like kind of the class of the conference. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting because uh, Boise State plays Air Force. Yeah. Um, what is the breakdown here? Uh, so UNLV has beaten uh, Air Force and lost to Fresno State. Uh, Fresno State's out of it. Sorry, it doesn't matter. Yeah, Fresno State uh, has Boise... done them a pretty big favor here by completely collapsing down the stretch. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So UNLV, even if they lose, they would be in a tie with uh, San Jose State and the winner of Air Force-Boise State. They did not play Boise State, so Air Force winning that game would be a huge help to them. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say that. Uh, San Jose State um, looking pretty fucking hot right now. San Jose State yeah. is just kind of on fire. Yeah. Um, they did lose to... Boise State and Air Force. So UNLV can do San Jose State a solid by uh, beating Air Force. Or um, uh, Boise State could, you mean? Boise State could. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry. Well, it doesn't, I guess it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Um, I think San Jose State I don't know. State I, can't, to... I can't work this out yeah. live on the podcast. No. I, yeah. San Jose uh, State should win. That would be my recommendation if they want to uh, continue yes. <laughs> to contend for the Mountain West title. I think they should win and then hope that the rest figures it out. Uh, I don't know what that would look like, but they should win that would be my my advice to them starting yeah. one and five now six and five brent brennan is a is a ball coach uh he, he yeah he gets it done he's just just a damn good if, ball coach if they win that game their worst case scenario is being one and one on the tiebreakers yeah um i need to check out the rest yeah, yeah. who knows who, who knows, knows basically we'll, we'll see it's gonna it's gonna be a fun week in the mountain west it has been a a, <clears throat> a crazy end to the season with 
teams that looked pretty much unbeatable at the top uh, being beaten several times. Fresno State losing to fucking New Mexico this week. Air Force dropping three in a row. Um, San Jose State going nuts. UNLV going nuts. It it has been a it's been a crazy couple of weeks. Uh, in the ACC now, Clemson thirty one, North Carolina twenty. Uh, real stinker here from Drake May and just in general from the Tar Heels who are. They're just not very good, man. They're just, I don't I don't have a whole lot more to say about them. They're just not very good. Defense has left them um, for as much as as much as there ever was a defense on this team, and they're just they're just not very good. They're, there's nothing really going on there. No, this is kind of like <clears throat> I'd say the third stinker of the season for Drake May. Um, you know, one in the loss to UVA, one in the loss to Clemson, and also he played pretty terribly against Miami. I thought, yeah, or at least very inefficiently. Um, does does he kind of suck? Uh, maybe. I don't think he sucks. That's not, that's too strong. But like, I I think like the idea people came into this season is like, oh man, the two quarterbacks, Drake May and Caleb Williams, are clear <laughs> one and two in the draft. These yeah. guys are you know generational prospects. Everyone says. I don't know about all that. Yeah. I, I I do not know about all that. I think like Caleb Williams is worse Kyler Murray, and Drake May is worse Justin Herbert. Okay. Um. I wouldn't get too over your skis about like this being an amazing quarterback class. Yeah, it's um, it's fine. And this happens every year, right? Every year we go into a, oh, wow, these rising juniors were so good as sophomores or as freshmen and or, or both. And then they have to play a third season. And usually the third season includes at least a little bit of regression to the mean. <laughs> and yeah. the truly generational quarterbacks are the ones who don't have that regression to the mean, which is why it's so fucking uncommon that you have those guys. <laughs> like, yeah, this is not the Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields class. No. And guess what? Even if you don't get the regression to the mean, sometimes they get to the league and still aren't that good. Yeah. Um. <laughs> it, it's, it's kind of, you know what? It's kind of a crapshoot is the thing. Um. Just... I don't know. It, it Here's my advice. Is. Draft Jaden Daniels. That's my take. Yeah, you should, um, you should probably consider that. Um, yeah, Clemson gets a win. Uh, Clemson very much posturing itself for another start in the top 10 next season that it immediately uh, loses three games from and then falls out of. That'll be cool. Uh, we love that. We love that they keep on doing this yeah. and that the ACC just lets them. Nobody's nobody's stopping them from doing that. Yeah. Um, I, I will say, I don't, I don't know if I have this game in the list or not, um, I don't think I do, but we are setting up for a a very clear pathway for Dave Doran to finally get 10 wins. Yeah. Which game do you think he freaks it with? You think it's the a North Carolina game or the bowl game? The bowl game. Um, I think it's absolutely okay. the bowl Yeah, game. maximum That's, pain. Yeah, yeah. maximum yeah. pain. And it's like a bowl game against a not very engaged team, right? Like they lose to LSU <laughs> or something. Um, that would be, yeah, that, that sounds about right to me. Um, would it would be truly? I mean, I I don't know what other way, word to use for it. It would be demonic if this is the season that he gets ten wins. He would have done. That is a deal with the devil situation. This is not a good NC State team, and taking them to ten wins when you have not gotten there with so many legitimately good teams, uh, something he has done something. He has a, a desperate man in his in his lowest you know hour. Uh, calling up the devil and saying, Andy, I got to get 10 wins. I got to get 10 wins. Lord, please. You got to give me 10. And then the, the you know, devil shaking his hand saying, okay, you'll yeah. get, you'll get 10 wins. <laughs> the, the current two projections for their, uh, for their bowl games. I'm seeing on ESPN here. Yeah. Uh, Schleybach has them uh, playing Oklahoma state in the pop tarts bowl. Uh, and, uh, Bonagora has them playing Tennessee in the tax slayer bowl. Hmm. Um, don't I hope you don't play Oklahoma State for your sake. That's what I'll say. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, 
We'll, we'll see. We'll see regarding Oklahoma State and its level of interest in the remainder of the season. I don't think we have them on the board here. They did not play great against I don't against think Houston. they have, like, a single guy who's, like, a top three round pick. No, in that's fair. Yeah, they will be. So. Yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll be looking for that one. That's a that's a Mike Gundy uh, rolling extension game right there. He would love to grab that. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's his favorite. Um, he loves to rack them up at the end of the season. Um, last one here in the afternoon. Really nothing to say about this one. Georgia 38, Tennessee 10. Georgia continues, unfortunately, to roll. Uh, Josh Heupel sucks. That's the only thing I'm really going to say about this. He sucks. He's just not a good. He's not a good football coach, man. I I know. I know what he did last year. I know that the record is is you know the career record is solid. He just isn't. He's not a good football coach. He's especially not good in in game. He's. I I don't I don't take this guy seriously. Yeah, I guess I would hope that uh, Tennessee having four blowout losses and like one win against a good team, which is UTSA back in September. Yeah. I would hope that means Tennessee's not going to be ranked any longer. We can stop pretending <laughs> like it's a quality win for Alabama and Georgia. Yeah. Um to prop up like the SEC champ as a playoff contender if mm-hmm. it's not Georgia. Um probably not gonna happen, but I would I would hope that's the case. Yeah. Uh, it, these it, guys suck. Yeah. yeah. It would be cool if they would stop getting credit for beating like injured all to hell, not yet functional at all UTSA back in fucking September. I don't really know that we need to be giving them a ton of credit for that. I don't know that they would beat UTSA if they played them today. Um, not, you know, not how the rankings work, but like they haven't done anything else. <laughs> that, was, that was the last thing. That was yeah. the only thing that they did pretty much all season. Congrats that was... to like one score wins over six and five Kentucky and yeah. like seven and four AM. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. Really good. Yeah. Um, yeah, they suck. Uh, what a dog shit league, dude. What yeah. a fucking bad league. I, uh, I gotta check the, the, the power five non-con matchups, but like, there's a real chance the SEC goes six and 10 and P5 versus P5 non-con yeah. uh, this year, which is, I really hope happens. Yeah, that would be very good. Uh, Saturday evening, uh, Florida, we're going to start here with Florida state 58, North Alabama 13 because of, uh, Jordan Travis's really brutal injury very early on in this one. Uh, he was on a run and, and just leg goes, I mean, in in the wrong direction. I don't really know how else to describe it. Really ugly. Um, it was yeah. not, it was not pretty. It was not, I mean, it, it, it sucks. It, it sucked to see just viscerally. It sucks for the, the moment. Um, it sucked. It was, it was really, it was really awful. It was really, really awful to see he gets carted off. I, I don't, I'm not seeing any updates on his current status. I, I, it's not good. He's, he's in the, he's in the hospital. Yeah. He's, he's, you know, giving it, uh, he, he just posted some kind of message, I think. Yeah. Like he's posting videos he's okay. from the hospital, which is just not, it's not, it's not good, man. It, it, it sucks. It sucks really bad. And, and they, they, you know, they certainly managed without him in this one. Um, how do you say uh, Tate's last name? Is it Rudemaker? Rodemaker. Rodemaker. Uh, I thought he yeah. played. He played well in relief. It's North Alabama, and we'll get a much better, I think, glimpse of what he is and isn't capable of when they play Florida this week. Um, but yeah, he played well against Louisville last year. I thought, like, yeah, well enough. Uh, he, at least. he was. I mean, um, and he was. He was a fairly well well thought of recruit, right? He was. He was. I think four star guy. Uh, I'm gonna double check that. I honestly don't know to tell you the truth, but I'll, I'll double check right now. I've got it. I'm, um, I'm, I'm pulling it up. Um, yeah, he was uh, in the class 2020. He was the number was 652 yeah. overall prospect. Yeah, yeah. 652. Um, so, but 2020, he's been there for a minute. 
Um, it was, uh, it's, it's, uh, what Purdy behind him, I think who was, or, or Glenn Bro- Brock Glenn, who was, who was more of a, a highly touted recruit, but it seems like yeah, the other Brock. Yeah. yeah. It seems like, uh, mm-hmm. I was thinking of Chubba Purdy. I don't know where he is now. I think he was here briefly. I don't know if he still is. He um, was, isn't he starting somewhere? Uh, that's going to be, he's a, unfortunate if he is <laughs> he's in nebraska right now i don't think um, he's starting there he's not starting yeah never mind just kidding he is yeah. uh but he is probably going to start as a senior for nebraska which is kind of funny yeah but, um, uh, maybe but... i don't know i'm not playing close attention to nebraska's quarterback depth chart yeah but um... uh rotomaker <laughs> played well here I'm, I'm very curious to see what they look like with him next week against a you know a, a, an fbs p5 opponent not a very good one <laughs> but an, an fbs p5 opponent all the same um, this will, if, if, if Florida state manages to beat Florida and beat Louisville in the, in the ACC, in the ACC championship game, they'll still be in the playoff as a 13 and no team. They're not going to, they're not going to get dropped because of a quarterback injury. That's not really how this, how this works. If they're an unbeaten P5 team, they're going to be in, um, that would be unheard of <laughs> for them to not be in. They're not going to do that. Um, but it's, it sucks. It's obviously, you know, this very different team without Jordan Travis and, and it sucks for the team. It sucks for the kid. I, I, I hate, I hate to see it. I really, really do, especially in this game. Um, it's, uh, just, just one of those things. And, and, you know, it happens in college football and it sucks every time. Um, awful, really, really awful. I, I, I hate to, I hate to see it. Um, just, uh, it's, it's, I, yeah, I, I don't really know that I have appropriate, words to uh to describe it it's a it's a it's a really bad it's a really bad situation it, it stinks yeah i i mean i couldn't agree more um it is a it is a huge bummer um i i, I mean what a great player he's been his whole career um i think we all agree on that the, the one thing i guess it's interesting to say is you know for florida state like i i think as long as they win their final two games against florida and louisville it doesn't matter yeah. I mean, it, it obviously significantly drops your chances of actually winning a playoff game. Like obviously, it massively impacts that, but you'll still be in the dance. Yeah, uh, if and, the and kid, yeah, and once you get out, there, yeah. technically not impossible. You know, we've we've yeah, it doesn't happen a lot. Ohio State won a national championship with a third string quarterback. It's not impossible. It it, it it's just it's much harder, <laughs> and it stinks that we're not going to get to see. Jordan Travis play in that in that kind of game. I would love to see him in that environment, and uh, I don't. I, I hope that this is not the last. I don't know if he has any eligibility left. I hope this is not the last we see of him, because uh, he's yeah. he's a really good player, and and he deserves. I, I think a much better exit than than this. He deserves yeah. to go out on his own terms, and obviously his own terms are not this. Um, uh, it, it I, I will say because of the injury, like I think we already knew that Florida State probably had to win out to get in. Um, yeah. Even if they if they went out or sorry, if they lose a single game at this point, whether it's Florida or Louisville, yeah, um, they're done. Yeah. Uh, because of the injury. Like they will put in the loser. Like even if everything else breaks your way, they will put the loser of Ohio State, Michigan over Florida State. Yep. Uh because of the injury. Yep. So yep. you gotta win all your games if you want to go to the dance. But yeah, man, got it for Travis. I, I still really like the Florida State defense and pieces of their offense. They still have, I mean, great receivers, great backs. Um just got to hope things go your way um, and you win these games. Yep. Uh, also in the evening, Kansas State 31, Kansas 27. Really fun game, really close game throughout. Kansas yeah. State closes it down here at the very end. 
um impressive that, that muff from, pond killed kansas yeah, yeah. Im- impressive from from them to uh to to you know win another <laughs> win another ball game here kansas was up for it uh not a great you know not a great game from cade ballard i was not really expecting a great game from cade ballard i can't really blame him for this um but uh it's a, it's a bummer we didn't get to see kansas at full strength in this game because i think it would have won pretty clearly they lost by four points with their third string quarterback um but, yeah and we'll uh, lose the turnover margin three to two yeah which has one. been a problem all year they need to get that shit yeah. figured out i don't know what is going on with that they have had turnover problems all season they need to be better at it they need to be better in scoring opportunities too yeah yeah agreed i mean like the positive takeaways here is that i think that kansas the rush defense did a very good job against one of the best rushing teams in america yeah one of the best o-lines in america they started to get gassed a little bit late but um man it's tough. I, I really feel bad for Kansas. Like you said, Cole Ballard did what you hope he could do. Um, the interceptions are frustrating, but um, for a kid in his his situation, he played about as well as you could hope for. Yeah. Um, I, I will say there was a play, I think it was in the fourth quarter, where Ballard had, they had the ball in the red zone, and he just ran directly into contact. Yeah. Um, like full speed and just like <laughs> fl- <laughs> like got the helicopter a little bit. Um, like no need for that. <laughs> <laughs> just, I, was, I watched it live i was with my girlfriend i was like holy fuck and she was like reading a book or something i was like she was like what i was like look at this moron like look at this <laughs> idiot <laughs> just run as hard as he can that was a heavy hit yeah um i don't know if colton has that in his hits of the week i'm sure colton downing that dubs go on twitter yeah hopefully he puts that in there because i want to watch that again um that kid got crushed on that play he, he popped did. right back up he's a tough son of a bitch yeah but. I, um, I I do love just a dumb quarterback. There's there's yeah. few joys in college football greater than just a dumb quarterback who is more than willing to put himself into harm's way for very little gain. <laughs> just, yeah, he's he's kind of a JJ McCarthy style individual. Yeah, um, it's it's a just I, I love a I love a golden retriever at quarterback. I can't help myself. Yeah. It's one of it's one of life's true pleasures. Um, I I think he's got a really good career ahead of him. Um, and I, I think he's got he's got a really good staff there for for quarterback development that they have managed to still win as many games as they have and be competitive against a really good Kansas state team with their third string quarterback um, is I I think a a good coaching job Uh, would be, would have been great to see them win a couple more games. I think that they were better than their final record is going to show, but they have, they've, they've faced a lot of injuries over both this year and last year. And I think they've handled them fairly well. Um, also for, for Kansas, really great news in the days leading up to this game, Jalen Daniels will be back. He announced, uh, heading into this game that he will be coming back for another season at Kansas. I, what I wouldn't give to see him fully healthy for a year. I certainly wouldn't bank on it at this point, but it would be really nice to see him have a, uh, you know, a, a Jaden Daniels style season, uh, you know, one of, one of those where he's just able to finally, Stay on the field for the full year, has a great year. I think he's totally capable of it. I would just I, I hope that the injury luck works out for him next year. He's a great player. I'm I'm excited to watch him play again. That's that's really Same. and with a with an easy schedule, they have a lot they have a lot going for him next year. Uh Florida and Missouri play to a thirty three thirty one victory oh. for the Tigers. Um Cutting it real close here, fellas. But yeah, they... really quick, Pat. Sorry, just to just to go back to uh, to, to Kansas really quick for a second before we move on to that sure. game. Yeah. Um, I, I do also hope Devin Neal comes back. Um, yeah. He has a year left. He is not like very high on the running back list of any of the of like the previews I've seen. Yeah. I've largely seen him and 
somewhere between like 10th and 15th in the running back charts. Yeah. Um, I don't know how reliable that is. I think he's quite a bit better than that and very explosive. Um, but I don't know, man. Maybe that kid comes back and I mean, you get a backfield of, of of Neil and Daniels for another season. That'd be amazing. Yeah, and it's not it's not like that far out of the realm of possibility. He's a Lawrence guy, right? You know, this is this is his. He's a home. He's the hometown kid here with this team. Um, I would uh, I would really I would love to see it. Certainly, I don't think it's impossible. I think he absolutely could, especially with Daniels already saying it. I think that a lot of this team probably could come back. I, I think it could be an unfinished business kind of situation, which is always fun. Yeah. Um, and uh, like I said, there's a lot on the table for them next year with an easy schedule and a 12-team playoff. I, I think Kansas could be really fucking good next year. Yeah, uh, and it, a brand-new Big 12. Yeah. 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 Anyway, Missouri 33, Florida 31. Missouri wins on a last-second field goal. Um, like I said, cutting it close. Uh, Graham Mertz suffered a, a pretty nasty injury in this one as well, and Florida – Kind of taken down, by the, yeah. yeah. Kind of taken down by some of the same stuff that it has been taken down by all season. Just, just, I, I think Bill Connolly put it pretty well on Twitter that like they make they have good plays and then they have absolute catastrophes and there is nothing in between for this team and they are once again taken down by the catastrophes. They yeah. are now fighting for a bowl game. Um, they have to beat Florida yeah, State FSU. to get to yeah, yeah. <laughs> get to six and six. It has been. I mean, it's been a pretty swift collapse here from Florida. They hit eight plays of 25 or more yards. Like they ton of explosives this game yeah. for Florida. Um, it's just Austin Armstrong, man. It's always Austin Armstrong. Yeah. And like the defense on the score total wasn't disastrous, right? Like when you um when you lose two nothing in the turnover battle and still only give up 33 points to Missouri, you're pretty happy about that. But they also gave up over 500 yards. Yeah. So <laughs> it's I will say like Luther Burden and Cody Schrader both continue to be fucking amazing. I thought yeah. Brady Cook played pretty damn well well uh i mean he averaged almost 10 yards an attempt in this game he is a solid player um neither defense did much of anything um on the day yeah uh i, I can't really say i was like blown away by either of these squads on defense but um hey man you got harrison mevis you can win any game he, he keeps you in the game no matter oh, who yeah. you play <laughs> oh yeah always good to have um, a, always good to have a mevis to rely on um, uh uh-huh. and I love that they they showed the uh him doing the gator chop by the way the celebration that was great. Yeah. Um, God, I love I I do love a I do love a, a kicker taunting. That's <laughs> That's so, good. Yeah. That's so uh, good. How the fuck did Florida leave Luther Burden of all those players that open um to end this game? I cannot understand. Well, that. I, I, I just simply Yeah, Austin Armstrong had a he you know he has a big biology assignment due on Monday and so he was just he was a little <laughs> bit busy this past week. He was kind of trying to work through that. He was he was looking on Sporkle. He was he was on, <laughs> not what is what is the one quiz quiz Quizlet? I don't, is, I, Quizlet is the one that helps you prepare for tests. Sporkle Spork- is like the quiz game website. Yeah, Sporkle is the place where you go if you are trying to put off preparing for a for a test. If I remember correctly, Sporkle is where you go to see how many FBS mascots you know. Yeah, um, I, I'm I'm consistent to... for regarding naming all th- all 133 FBS schools. I'm consistently hitting all 133. I know them all. Yeah, you're not getting one past we... me. I see you, North Texas. I know you're there. <laughs> so we, uh, I, in high school, I was in a program called AIM, which is like a, I don't know, the advanced kid program, whatever. Uh-huh. No big deal. I'm not a hero. Yeah. Um, but basically it let you like skip class whenever you wanted to, once you were a senior, if you were, if you were like good enough at line, you just, oh yeah, I got an AIM thing. I got, I got to go. Yeah. And, uh, just go <laughs> hang out for a period. And, uh, me and my buddies, uh, Walter, uh, Ryan Walters, Will, <laughs> not to use his full government name. I don't know why I did that. Will and Nathan, a few others, Jake. We would uh, 
we would just go to the aim room and just take the like and by that point of, of like our our lives we already knew every mascot every like city basically these were all in yeah so it's just we would play it for time like mm. who would get that done the fastest yeah. really fun i mean yeah that was uh that was kind of the birth of my college football autism Dude, you um, you you and me both senior year of high school we were we were not we were not invested <laughs> i had i i went to school my senior year of high school for exactly two classes i went there from eight to nine thirty and then i went home every day that was i had i had two classes on the books and they classified me as a part-time student because i lied and said that i had a job um and i went home and i only needed the two and that was all i did english and history my two favorite classes it was sick it was extremely it was extremely good that was the only school setup i ever liked um we uh we had a thing called landmark store which you could, like go to downtown pittsburgh and see some architecture yeah um there were i think four or five different ones per year um and it was always the same tour and at the end of it you went to the hard rock cafe for lunch hell yeah i and like it was the same tour every year like four like four different versions of the same tour i went to like i think all 16 of those in my high school career um <laughs> Just could do it by heart. I could probably have done the tour by the time I was done. Like, oh yeah, yeah. that's that's egg and dart. That's an ionic column. Yeah, I know this shit, dude. Let me get to the hard rock cafe. Hell yeah. Um, but you got a day out of school, you get to skip and, and hang out. That was great. There was also a theater one where you go and see like Shakespeare plays. Yeah. Um I was living life, man. I was living life. Um I I've, I've anyway, Missouri one. Yeah, yeah Missouri one. <laughs> I've I've told you this before. We had a film art class in at my high school where you just watched Let's movies. Go. And so I did watch uh several like of the most renowned movies of of all time, like like two thousand and one, a Space Odyssey, across a good uh, flick. across yeah. like five or six different forty five minute periods, which is not a good way to watch that movie. <laughs> no, but what a great fucking movie though. Yeah. That was a um, fun. That was a fun class, man. You just watched movies and then talked about them. <laughs> I uh, I took Italian mafia movies in college. That Hell was great. yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, that was really fun. Yeah. Um, One of my greatest regrets. We had a we had an AP art history class at my school and I, I should have taken it. I didn't. I loved the teacher. I should have taken the class. I didn't do it. Um if I yeah. if I had it to do over again, I'd be I'd be in that class. That was uh that was that was a miss that was a miss on my part, but other than that. Yeah. Uh anyway, <laughs> Missouri wins. Uh also in the evening here, uh Washington. Wait, really quick, really quick before we move on. Yeah. Is there any chance I know we talked about it already, like <sighs> Napier goes five and seven, loses the game this way. I think they probably just make him fire Austin Armstrong. Yeah, but is there any chance they fire him? No, I don't think so. <clears throat> I don't think so. I think that I think that they will absolutely make him fire Armstrong. That feels like the the path that they are on here right now is that it is not yet time to fire him. Probably because they don't really have the. I don't know that they have the liquidity to be doing that right now, given that they are, I know they're paying at least one buyout. They might be playing, they might still be paying two buyouts right now that aren't his. Um, that would not be, I don't know that they want to be doing that. Um, but I do think that this is one where you are absolutely, he's got to make some yeah. changes to the staff. That feels yeah. like what this off season is for them. The average SEC program is paying two to three buyouts at a time yeah. while also signing top 15 recruiting classes and going seven and five yeah. while only beating like Sunbelt and FCS schools. The entire um, the entire SEC is basically, save for like the two or three programs at the top, they all are, are essentially in a situation where they are all play, they are all paying like football alimony, right? Like they're, 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 doing, they're doing the closest thing that you can do as a college football program, as a university to having to pay child support because they have so many extra... 
quarterbacks coaches. <laughs> they, they're just, they're all, they, they love it. They can't get enough of it. Uh, and they're all doing it. It's, it's very, it's very cool. It's a, it's a funny setup that they've got going on out there. Um, so it's, it's crazy that the league hasn't been very good the last couple of years. It seems like maybe they have no continuity within their coaches and they just keep hiring the same guys with the same reasoning and it doesn't work again. Um, hard to say, who knows? Uh, anyway, Washington 22, Oregon State 20. Um, this was a this was a banger. This was so much fun. The 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 football weather here was was uh, I would I would say strong, uh, raining in Corvallis. I I think uh, Oregon State really made this. Well, you, you you have in the doc here really made this the kind of game that it wanted, right? You know, ran the ball really well with Damian Martinez. Um, he's so good. I, we've, we've talked about a lot of good running backs on this episode. He is so fucking good. Um, and they made it that kind of game. It was physical. It was hard to throw the ball both because of the rain and just because there weren't a ton of passes to go around. There weren't a ton of plays to go around. Um, and, uh, they, they couldn't, they couldn't get it done. They had a couple chances, could not get it done. And then with the game on the line, I think it was like third, I, I don't remember the distance, but it was third down and Washington, uh, not very much time left. If they got a first down, they could run out the clock. They could kneel it out. And I just, and they do, they've done this all season. I love that they put it in Michael Penix's hands. They always do. They, they always, when they need a first down, they do not, they do not take it out of the, the hands of their best player of one of the best players in college football. Yeah. Um, they let him go and win the game and he has done it every single time this year. He does it again here. Yeah. He's just so fucking good, man. Even in a quiet game for him, uh, you know, relative to the rest of the season. And, and, you know, like I said, it was raining. It was not the it was not a great day for passing. It's that ball. game you only get like in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, that like cold like it's probably what <clears throat> I didn't see the weather, but probably forty degrees out there. Yeah, um, just that cold driving rain all day. So, like I love that kind of football it's, game in the it's, Northwest. That's it's the best. so much fun, and and he I, I thought handled it really well. You know, for for about as well as a quarterback can handle it. That is not conducive for passing the football, and then game on the line, he delivers as he always has this year. Um, he's just, he's transcendent. He is so, so, so good. And Washington does it again, man. Everybody has been waiting for the other shoe to drop on this team all season. And they just keep on winning. They keep finding ways to do it. Um, they're, they're good. They're really good. I, I know that the games have been close in a lot of cases. I know that there has been some underperformance at times. They have not lost, and they've had a lot of teams that they've played who could easily have won those games. They've played a lot of good teams, and they have beaten every single one of them. Uh, they are in different ways too. Like, it doesn't yeah. matter what the game state is, right? They, like they beat USC in a shootout, um, Oregon in a even if the score didn't quite reflect a full shootout. I yeah. mean, that's how they won. Well, they, and... they won ugly against Arizona, Utah, and Oregon State. Like, yeah. And Good ball club, man. And they've Jesus. done it with different guys, too. Like, Dylan Johnson was the one who went nuts in that USC game. And, you know, Penix is always reliable. Roma Dunze uh, is, is, always, is always reliable. Um, they were, you know, they've, they've been dealing with some injury issues at receiver this year, which is unfortunate. I'd love to see all three of those guys healthy and fully operational here down the stretch. Um, yeah. but they just, yeah, they just find a way. And I, I thought a good day, a good game here from their defense. They did a really good job against DJU, uh, forced two interceptions, not a ton of, of, you know, defensive havoc. They had some, they had some TFLs. They had, uh, they had the sack. They, uh, I believe they forced two turnovers, three turnovers, two or three, uh, enough. And <laughs> they forced enough turnovers. The, 
the run defense left something to be desired, but Oregon State is really good at running the football. Um, and Washington, again, like like you said, just they, they've done it in different ways, but every result has been the same. They have finished with the higher number than the than the team that they're playing. They have yeah. they have faced a whole lot of really good football teams and they remain un unbeaten. Uh, they are they're good. Yeah. They're a they're a really good outfit that they've got going on over there. Also, I, I feel like I have to say Washington has has been like pretty disrespected by the committee. I don't yeah. understand why. Um, they deserve to be the number two team in the rankings whenever it comes out. It doesn't yeah. really matter because they went out, they're in. But <clears throat> three ranked wins, two of them on the road at uh, Oregon State and Arizona, uh, plus the win over the win over Oregon. Yeah, and still they have quality wins over USC and Utah and Boise State too. Uh, I mean, Boise State yeah. is not a is not a very good team, but could very well still win the Mountain West, which is crazy. Yeah, they're going um, they're going to a bowl game somehow, and Washington beat the piss out of them when they played them. Um, it was not yeah. it was not yeah. competitive, <laughs> not competitive. Yeah, um, it's just they're. I mean, they're, six quality wins, three ranked wins. These guys have got to be second in the rankings. Like, what are, yeah. what are we doing here? Yeah, right? I, it's, I don't it's the know. Best conference in college football this year. Yeah, I don't know what metric you could be looking at that would tell you that they should be fifth where they have been for for. Uh, you know, the last month or so, they have they have answered every question. I think you could reasonably have about a football team. They have gone through the gauntlet and they are untouched. Yeah. They are they are damn and, good. They're a damn good football team. Yeah. And, and you mentioned too, like some of the injury issues that they were. They had McMillan and Polk back for this game, right? But those guys didn't record a catch. Jeremy yeah. Bernard, who's been like pretty active during the injuries to McMillan and Polk throughout the year, didn't record a catch. Yeah. It was like all the offense was almost entirely Penix Adunze. And and uh, Westover, uh, Dylan Johnson, Jack and Westover, Westover had a little well. bit. Yeah. yeah, he had a little bit of involvement, but the guy had like four catches for forty three yards. Like, I mean, he made a couple plays that's, here and there. But that's a classic he, Jack Westover game. He does that every week. Exactly. He, he always has yeah. four extremely important catches for forty three yards. <laughs> of course, you love to see that. I mean, between uh, Odunze, Penix, and uh, and Johnson, they accounted for all but like 80 yards of the offense yeah um it was just those three guys all day um and, and look oregon state they had an amazing season they played very very well in this game i thought what they wanted to do uh martinez was fantastic deshaun fenwick who's been good for them didn't really add anything he had three carries for zero yards and he he got hurt right um i think so i thought yeah and silas holden got hurt one of their final drives like they were yeah he's a fun player yeah. I, I hope he's i hope yeah, he's he all right he's one of my favorites and I know DJ did not have a good stat line. I mean, he was like 15 of 31 for 164 and two picks, but I don't think he played terribly. Yeah. Um, again, driving rain. I mean, Michael Penix is not a fair yeah. standard to set for most quarterbacks. I, I think relative right. to the circumstances, he played fairly well. <laughs> and, and both of them were under 50% on their completion percentage Yeah, uh, on the day. I mean, it was, it was a hard day to pass the football. I thought DJ was as as good as you could hope for for them. Yeah. Um Damian Martinez and Roman Dunze were the two best players this game. Uh for me, uh Braylon Trice was also fantastic as he always is for Washington on defense. Um I mean just just a, a tough football game. Oregon State got the game they wanted and and Washington was better. Uh what's yeah. Jabbar Muhammad was fucking lights out he's, for Washington at the corner spot. He he's was awesome. he's like so taunting. Good. Yeah, I don't know why I think Oregon State fans were bitching about it all day. They kept throwing at him. They kid had four passes defended. Yeah. Uh passes defense through ever, right? I mean, it was uh he was he was locked out, man. Yeah. And stop uh, throwing I, I at him. Super, <laughs> stop, stop throwing at him. He 
he was taunting them like and and Penix was like Washington was talking a little bit of shit in this game. I think they were kind of getting tired of being ignored a little bit too. Yeah. Uh Penix like turned to the uh to the Oregon State sideline after his big play and like flexed a little bit. Yeah. Um Ugh. these guys deserve some credit, man. What an awesome football Absolutely. team. Yeah, they have taken they have taken a lot of good teams' best shots and they, they are still up. They they have they have taken some serious punches and they they continue to to roll. Um, they're they're damn good. Uh, Texas twenty six, uh, Iowa State sixteen. I think Iowa State kind of let them let them off the hook here, as it is wont to do. The uh, <laughs> the offense just leaving a lot to be desired for Iowa State. They really couldn't run the ball even a little bit. Um, they really didn't even sniff running the ball. It was not it was not an option. Uh, on the Texas side, good game from C.J. Baxter. I thought Quinn played well. Uh, Texas does enough to get it done. I think Iowa State were a better. If if Iowa State were better, this could have been a a four quarter like a full four quarter game. That uh, that offense just is not capable. They're they're not they're not capable of of winning this kind of no. game. Uh, and Texas uh, does it again. Texas remains alive in the national conversation. Yeah, yeah. Rocco Beck will be the next Brock Purdy. Um, as in, like, he hits some, like, jump balls downfield and somehow makes an NFL career where he's surprisingly good. Yeah. Um, or at least starts. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, the kid's a pretty good player. you got to give him that. Like, I, I make fun of Iowa State a lot, so I will give credit where it's due. Rocco Beck is a good football player. Yeah, they pa- they passed um, the ball pretty well. Jaden Higgins had a nice game for them at receiver. Yeah. Um, they had some big plays. They just – they're Iowa State's not going to win a whole lot of football games against quality opponents if they can't run the ball. No, um, no. That's not the path for, yeah. for these guys. You want – Fewer yeah. plays, not more, and they—they, they, I think there were just too many, there were too many plays <laughs> in this game for Iowa State to win. Yeah, I, I will say for Texas, you mentioned CJ Baxter, really encouraging for that. Like that was a back and forth battle early in the year between him and Jonathan Brooks, see who yeah. be the starter. Uh, Baxter was a big time recruit, um, very comfortable. I mean, or not very comfortable. Rather, you feel a lot more comfortable if you're Texas, seeing him step up in a game like this. Yeah, uh, against what had been a very good defense um, all, all season. So good side for Texas. And also Xavier Worthy was great. He had 93 total scrimmage yards. Uh, he also had a punt return for a touchdown that was called back on what I thought was a pretty questionable block in the back hole. Yeah. Um, I thought that he had in the shoulder. Um, I thought Worthy played very, very well in this game and it is great to have him for Texas. They are to me still pretty clearly look, they beat Bama. That's amazing. If things break their way, basically if one of the undefeated teams sits the bit. Yeah. Um, they should have a chance to play for the playoff. And I think they will also be a sacrificial lamb the same way we talked about Louisville. Yeah. Um, I don't really respect Texas, but that win at Alabama is a great win. They have, you know, good wins over uh, over Kansas and Kansas State. And Iowa State's a bowl team. Wyoming's a bowl team. Um, BYU has a chance to be a bowl team. We'll see about um, that. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we will see about <laughs> that. They uh, That would require them beating Oklahoma State on the road, which I don't think will happen. Um but Texas will also get an extra chance to play one of Oklahoma State or, or a rematch against Oklahoma or Kansas State. Yeah, um, they are probably rooting for like you just don't want to see Kansas State in that game, no. right? Like after playing a tough game against them already, no, where they kind of let you off the hook. That and, is, uh, that is, you 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 could not put it on a platter more for Kansas State than a rematch in the Big Twelve Championship game against a <laughs> Texas team that is playing for the playoff or playing to stay alive for the playoff. That is Kansas State territory to a T. Uh, yeah. they, they love it, it, to go 10 and three and to win that game. They love of it. Of course. Of course. And even just like from a maximizing your resume standpoint, 
you either want to get a new win over Kansas State or avenge your loss against Oklahoma. Yeah. You do not want to see uh, Kansas State uh, in a rematch against them. That is not ideal for you. They will be very motivated. They should have beat you the first time. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, we'll uh, we'll see about <laughs> uh, about Texas, but look, they're still in it, right? They're still in it. They have either the best or second best win in the country uh, with that real win in Alabama. Um, for now, it's it's an awesome win, and they're in the mix. Um, they are in the mix. Uh, we have one more game to talk about, Patrick. We do. This... Can we just start this one by saying a let's fucking go? Yes, let's fucking go. We uh, we have saved the best for last here. Technically, this was an afternoon game, but uh, wanted to bury the lead. This was, I mean, <laughs> this was this was such a great result. Um, one of my favorite teams in college football this season. One of my favorite stories in college football. Maybe my favorite story in college football. Um, New Mexico State at Auburn, New Mexico State 31, Auburn 10, beat them down, just fucking beat them down on their home field. New Mexico State, historically, I mean, there's really not a great comparison for how bad this program has been forever. We've talked about it before on the show. <laughs> Jerry Kill is doing something there that has not been done since the 1950s. It, it has been, I mean, not just not just going back-to-back bowl games. Competence of any sort, winning seasons of any sort, is not something that happens here ever. New Mexico State is 9-3 and three and could very easily be 10-3 and three going into the Conference USA Championship game because they beat Auburn on the road 31-10. to 10. It was not fucking close in the fourth quarter. New Mexico no, State they, went they won in, the second half 21 to 3. Adam. New Mexico yeah. <laughs> State went into Jordan Hare and moved Auburn off the field. They beat the shit out of these guys in the trenches. New Mexico yep. State. <laughs> yeah, they 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 very nearly doubled up on yardage. It was a uh, 414 shit. 414 total yards for New Mexico State. Uh it was just uh 213 total yards for Auburn. Yeah. Outgained them by 200 fucking yards. There weren't there weren't really any turnovers. Like there were no turnovers in the game. No, it was just a matter of beating the fuck out of these boys, and that was so good to see. <laughs> they wanted it um, more. They wanted it more. <laughs> they did just. They did. They went into this game, and they said, "We're gonna beat you up front. We know you have SEC size. We know you have the recruiting. We don't give a fuck. We're gonna beat you up front. We're gonna make you beat us in the lines." And Auburn couldn't do it. New Mexico State walks into Jordan Hare and just enforces its will on an SEC team. Uh, Hugh Freeze is going to be talking about Jerry Kill and fucking marriage therapy. He's going to be having nightmares about this guy. He got him two years in a row, man. He got him at Liberty yeah. last year. <laughs> the fun, the Auburn, the Auburn so- fans, this was not, this did not look in it like it was an upset, obviously, because Auburn is an SEC team and it was favored by almost 26 points. This did not look like an upset at all. New Mexico State looked like the much better team. They beat the piss out of them. Diego Diego Pavia is, has been out of his mind all year. He was excellent here. They ran the ball well. They played fantastic defense. Ten points was was I mean that's fantastic. That's very good. Um, they were better. They were significantly better. Uh, un, un, there's there's not an appropriate word to describe the job that Jerry Kill has done. Not just this season, but with this program in two seasons. 
they were desolate. They were absolute. There was nothing going on. He showed up. He has made this this team not into not just into winners into team into a team that can compete in the Conference USA. This is a they're a wagon right now. Nobody is touching these guys right now. They are they're physical. They are athletic. They are extremely well coached. They're disciplined. This is a a phenomenal football team that he has built from nothing. From from just the the ashes of a program that has never been anything in the modern era, I, dude. I, they could win twelve games this year. Like they they <laughs> they've already played twelve. They're they're nine and three. Yeah. They still play Jacksonville State and Liberty, and then a bowl game. They could win twelve fucking games this year if they went out. I, I mean, I I really I really don't know what to say. It, it is just. It's. I think it is comfortably the best story in college football this season. I said. It, I said it on Twitter. I. I don't know how anybody. I know that Barry Odom has had a great season at UNLV. I know that Eli Drinkwitz has had a great season at Missouri. I know. Um, who's the other? Oh, oh, obviously David Braun, who we talked about at Northwestern. I know Brent that Brennan, there are. Yeah, yeah, Brent Brennan. I know that there are great coaches around college football. There is not a coach in America in my memory, who has done a better job than Jerry Kill has done at New Mexico State. It's it's it is it is fucking incredible. It is absolutely incredible the job that he is doing there, the way that he has these guys playing, the way that they are bought into everything that they do. They love that guy. You you can see it in the way that they play. They love him. They love each other. Um they're amazing men. They're they're just amazing. Yeah. Really, really proud of them. It's it's awesome to see um, I, I, I think you said it better than I could, man. Like just the, the admiration, the love, the togetherness of this team is so fucking awesome. They are such a good ball club. Yeah. Um, I really hope they stick the landing too. Mm-hmm. um, you know, beat Jacksonville state this week, avenge your loss against Liberty. And man, like two of their losses, they have two to three losses are against UMass and Hawaii too. Yeah. Like you go back and look at those games and play them again, the way this team is right now. Um, this is a serious football team. Yeah, they are really fucking good, top to bottom. Um, yeah, it's like what? What can you say? Like that—that that is a program-defining win. Um, yeah, this taking is Diego, I mean, Diego Pavia and going into going into Jordan Hare. It's it, it's unimaginable. This is the best football that New Mexico State has ever seen. It, it is not. There's not a. There's not a comparison. There's not. No one who is alive and and is a fan of New Mexico State has ever seen them do this or anything even close to this. Um. I, I, people probably remember going into this season, I recorded a, a podcast into my phone driving back from Mountain West Media Days, and I talked about, you know, finding stuff to love in this sport, right? And this is it. <laughs> this is it. This is what college football means. This is what it is to me. This is, this is the kind of story that I care about. This is the kind of story that makes me watch even through all of the misery that this sport provides. And it, it's, it's, it's a lot of misery. I'm not going to lie to you. It's a majority of misery. It's usually not, it usually doesn't produce things like this. This is, it's just, um, it's, it's everything you could ask for. It really is. It is absolutely yeah. everything that you could ask for. Yeah. It's perfect. I, I mean, the last time they had a season this good, it was 1960. Yeah. When they were in the border conference with Arizona, <laughs> Arizona state, UTEP, uh Harden Simmons and uh West Texas State, which is or it's West Texas A&M now, I guess. Um it's 
it's insane, man. I don't know what to say about it. like it is unfathomable they've done this. Uh, I think it's so fucking cool. They are. <laughs> it's just you. You don't see this ever. No. Jerry Kill deserves all the credit in the fucking world. What a what a coach. What a season for them. Um, just amazing to watch. Just really, really amazing. Yeah. So happy it's happening. Yeah. It's it's um, it's wonderful. I mean, before it, he it got there, dude, is. they had not played in a bowl game. They played. Sorry, they played in one bowl game. Yeah. Since 1960. <laughs> and, and they wrote. And they. I remember that. That I think it was the 2017 season, 2017 or 2018. That's right. That's right. And yeah. like getting that sixth win, they rushed the field. They rushed the field after the bowl game. Like it's it that was an amazing accomplishment. They they went to a bowl game in his first year last year. They are staring down double digit wins comfortably. They could easily get to double digit wins. Like you said, they could get twelve wins this season. I just um yeah, it, it's what a what a year, what a memory that this will be for you know, for those fans and obviously for the guys on the team. It it is it is impossible. It is impossible that they have done this. Um, he deserves, yeah, he deserves all the credit in the world and as does his, as does his team. They are, they're just, they're amazing. They are, they are absolutely amazing. And you also get Diego Pavia back next year. I'm not trying to look ahead and like not savor this in the moment, Yeah, but Diego Pavia comes back next season, dude. Yeah. Uh, he, he was a Juco recruit for them. Uh, a kid from Albuquerque who signed with them. Yeah. Um, what a fucking awesome experience. Like this is so so great to see for these guys. Yeah, I mean they um, will they will remember that guy forever. He will never ever like that will be the name that that New Mexico State fans are talking about 50 years from now. There you know, it's it's going to be it's Diego Pavia. That is a name that will be forever synonymous with this program and and for a guy from from his background, you know, Juco guy like you said, uh, fairly, you know, very, relatively local kid. He's from the state. Uh, he's not from Las Cruces, but he's from the state. Um, that is, I mean, he's a legend, he's a program legend and it's really cool to see that born, right? It's, it's really cool to see that, that legend crafted in front of you. Cause you don't get to see it very often. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, man, amazing for those guys, man. What, what a <laughs> fucking story. What a season. Oh man. That's, uh, yeah. Do, do you have anything else here? No, I, I mean, I guess just, <clears throat> it feels weird saying anything else after we just got so excited about that but one more piece of good news yeah is that while we were recording uh wazoo and washington announced the five-year extension to the apple cup yeah um that which is, is great they're gonna they're gonna play next year in seattle on september 14th um they're gonna keep playing for a while to come and um again this feels cheap to say it after we did this but we forgot to mention that butch jones dropped 77 points Butch uh, Jones. <laughs> they were outgained for them they were outgained by like 100 yards in this game they put 77 on the board <laughs> yeah they 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 didn't even get to 500 yards they put up 77 points um they had uh they had three defensive touchdowns and uh and a special teams touchdown <laughs> Oh man, Texas State. Yeah. That's not your that's not your best performance. <laughs> not, no, not... you you don't want to see that of your Texas State. No. Um <clears throat> no, they uh they're bowling. from the nine four oh go ahead. No, I was just saying they're bowling. They get the Butch Jones is bowling. They get they get to bowl eligibility by putting seventy seven on the board against Texas State. Sure, why not? Yeah, yeah that's fine. <laughs> they they scored uh they scored forty no, sorry, more than that. Um Jesus Christ. They scored 49 points in the second and third quarters of this game. God. Um <laughs> uh 
Yeah, these guys rock, dude. Yeah. These guys absolutely kick ass. <laughs> I'm so happy for them. Good for um, them. Man. I love college football. I mean, I know we bitched a little bit about like <clears throat> some of the chalk at the top of the sport this year. Yeah. But I love college football so much. Yeah, the the stuff the stuff to care about, the stuff that makes you feel good is is out there. You just have to you have to look a little bit sometimes. You have to do a little bit of digging, but it is it is there. There are there are things to feel good about in this sport, even if they're, you know, very rarely at the at the top. There's there's yeah, there's a whole lot of sport to love and a lot of it will give you good stuff. A lot of it will give you stuff to to care about and to hold on to. Oh, big time. Yep. Um Love these guys, man. Absolutely love these guys. Um, what a week. What a season so far. We've got at least, I mean, two more weeks of the um, guaranteed games then we get into the bowl season. Pat, uh, let's just drop a reminder once again. <laughs> Sorry to self-promote mm-hmm. after a, a really emotional moment. But uh, if you like this podcast, come join us for the premium podcast, for the message boards, everything else. Um, use code the game, all one word for $5 uh, for your first month or code uh, November25, or it's NOV25, um, for 50% off an annual or semi-annual membership. Um, we love the sport so much. We know you guys, too. Come, come join us to talk about it. Yep.